That's right. Welcome in to the IdahoSports.com 2024 Girls State Basketball Tournament Preview Special. Over the next 90 minutes tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram account, also on our website at IdahoSports.com under the Game Streams tab. Over the next 90 minutes, we're going to be breaking down every state basketball tournament complete with brackets and matchups and breakdowns and players to watch and all of that good, exciting stuff. Let's start with the biggest schools there are, the Class 5A Girls Basketball State Tournament. I'm Brandon Bainey along with Sean Kane. Sean, you and I are going to be at the Girls 5A State Basketball Tournament. And boy, we've got a lot of data to work off of this year. We've had Lake City beat Boise. And Boise beat Rocky Mountain, and Rocky Mountain beat Lake City, and Rocky Mountain, and Coeur d'Alene beat Rocky Mountain, and Coeur d'Alene beat Lake City, and Rigby beat Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've all they've all kind of played. It's you've kind of got a bracket where you can look at it and go, you know, I don't know who's gonna win. <laughs> it it you is know, normally wild. you've got like this team, this team in the finals for sure. This year, I I mean. Who knows what could happen? There's just a lot of interesting matchups. Yeah, that is the the theme of the tournament. All of my 5A girls basketball fans, if you're in the chat tonight, I want to hear you shout out your favorite team, your favorite player, your favorite coach. If you've got a question about the 5A bracket specifically for Sean or I, um, you can go ahead and uh, throw that in the chat and we will throw it up on the screen as well so sean um let me see here let me see if i've got the 5a bracket loaded up here and i'm not seeing it so uh you mentioned the familiarity amongst all of these teams it really does and, and it's not even familiarity just this season but you know right away right off the bat we have a couple of rematches from state tournament games last year sean i mean right away at the top of the bracket Coeur the four seed rocky mountain the five that was last year's championship game. Yeah, you have Rocky Mountain, um, who you know you could say had some upsets last year, makes it to the final um, against Coeur d'Alene, and then you've got Coeur d'Alene finally now at a full strength um, with Colvin, and um, they're kind of rolling right now as they did in the district tournament over Lake City. So um, you've got a rematch of the final in the first round. So um, Rocky Mountain's been dangerous all year, you, you know. Um, that SIC, you, you know, sometimes you could flip a coin in, in any given night to see what's going to happen. And uh, that's a really good matchup. Both teams, uh, I'm sure Rocky Mountain would love to have that matchup and they got it. Yeah. And they also got it in the regular season as well. So Sean, here's the matchup. Here's the bracket. Uh, and all of these games will take place at the, the Ford Idaho Center. A couple of consolation games at Timberline High School as well. Okay, so you've got Coeur d'Alene and Rocky Mountain right away at noon on Thursday, four versus five. Then it's the top dogs from Boise taking on Madison, the eight seed. They won the play-in game Saturday over Eagle. That'll be at two o'clock. Number two, Lake City against number seven, Middleton in the third game Thursday evening at five o'clock. And then the three and the six, that's a rematch from last year's consolation final between Rigby and Hawaii. That'll be at seven o'clock on thursday night what is the number one thing that jumps out to you when you look at that bracket um well i think we kind of hit it is the quarter lane rocky mountain matchups pretty big i also think that lake city middleton game is pretty big you had middleton was the two seed in their district they didn't they didn't make it to the final but they made it to state um you have lake city who was kind of the top dog in the north um 
Avery Waddington, the Montana uh, signee, as as a dominant kind of player. I've heard a, a lot about her recently, which um, she's kind of under the radar for someone who's going to Montana, I believe. And um, I think that's a great matchup. I think you got two teams there that you know they could possibly both make it the final right off the back. And the bottom line is almost all of these teams that are here at state have a six foot or taller player that can play inside, can also handle the ball and essentially play every position on the floor, one through five. And they're big time college basketball recruits too. I mean, you talked about Avery Waddington from Lake city, right? She's signed with the university of Montana, probably the biggest in terms of star power, Avery Howell from Boise high. She's committed to USC down there in Los Angeles. Um, but then, you know, you look at Rigby and they've got Cambry Barber who's committed to BYU and she is a six one for almost like a point forward. Um, and then with Coeur d'Alene, you've got the Colvin sisters, Tegan Colvin, not quite as tall as all of these other players we've mentioned, uh, but she's still a division one athlete. She's going to play at UNLV next year. Her younger sister, Brooksley Colvin is a freshman. I went by Coeur d'Alene high school, um, the other night, Sean, to have them fill out a couple of things for, for state basketball and Blakesley as a freshman, or uh, excuse me, Brooksley as a freshman, Brooksley Colvin, she's already gotten so many commitments. She had trouble remembering all of the schools. <laughs> what, what, a, what, what a problem. And then also Maddie Mitchell from Coeur d'Alene is kind of a point guard. Um, she might be one of the best point guards in the state that you kind of might not even have heard of. She's really good as well. Yeah. And that's really what has allowed Coeur d'Alene to unlock all of the success that they've had when Tegan Colvin transferred in last year from Washington, she became that primary ball handler. And then all of a sudden you have Maddie Mitchell in the backcourt who can also handle the ball, but it's also allowed Maddie Mitchell to become more of a spot up shooter. And she is an excellent three point shooter as well. Here's Easton in the chat. He says, I'm taking Rigby all the way. And Sean, you know, if we look at that bracket, it, it's going to be a gauntlet up top, right? With Boise and Coeur d'Alene and Rocky, you know, whoever wins that Coeur d'Alene Rocky matchup, we, we think we'll probably play Boise in the semis. Um, and then at the bottom of the bracket, to me, it's kind of wide open. And I actually kind of like Rigby down at the bottom as yeah. the three seed. Yeah. You know, we got to see Rigby last year and they, they were, you know, they were a little younger, I think. And now you've got pretty much everyone coming back and Cambry Barbary was one of the best players, I think, overall in 5a last year like we talk about some of those other players but she she kind of does it all from bringing the ball up from the post and she can light it up from the three-point line as well yeah she's six one and then miley graham is six foot and they both are tremendous rebounders they're both tremendous defenders you know i was watching some film on rigby today sean uh from their district championship uh win over madison and Rigby just makes everything difficult. Like just completing a simple chest pass from me to you is, is tough against this Rigby defense. Very active hands. Uh, they've got, you know, six or seven players that average between one or two steals per game. And some are, you know, closer to, to three or four. Uh, it is a very active defense for Rigby and it, it really keys a lot of their success. Um, okay, so we've talked about Coeur d'Alene and Rocky Mountain at the top half of that bracket. But let's talk about Boise. You know, I think if you took a poll of, of all the 5A basketball fans, I think they'd probably tell you the Brave are the favorite coming in. They are the number one seed. They've only lost once this year. It was to Lake City, like second game of the year in November. And they have been... 
they've been pushed in spurts by the teams they've played since then, Coeur d'Alene and Rocky and Middleton, uh, but they always seem to find ways to uh, extend the lead down the stretch. They're a very strong finishing team, a very good fourth quarter team. We mentioned Avery Howell. Uh, Patrico is a great point guard. They have been so good over these last six, seven years. Is this finally the year Boise High breaks through and brings home the first place trophy? I, you know, and w- when I look at it right now as a team, they're shooting 37% from the three-point line. And when you're almost at that 40% line from, from three-point, if you can keep that rolling in, I think, man, they have the speed and the depth, you know, that's kind of built for a three-day tournament. Um, you know, they talk about their depth and they have good bench and, you know, that's what can make it a difference when you're, you know, you're playing three days, right? You got to win three days to go there and it might be Boise's year, but I like that three point shooting they've got, um, from like really all their players, 37% as a team is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Clark and, uh, Howell we mentioned and Patrico, and then they bring in Katie Hahn, who's, you know, six feet and can, can play down low. They are a very talented team. And then. Uh, their sixth man, basically, Sean, is Presley Binder. She was a starter last year at Mountain View. She'd probably start for just about every other team in the SIC. Uh, she's the sixth man for Boise. Tells you kind of how good this unit is. So. Yeah, when you have someone who can come on the come off the bench and just kind of get that fire started, that's something um, it's invaluable, and that's what they have with Binder. And one thing also in kind of looking over some stats and is Boise's really good at rebounding. They get a ton of offensive rebounds, which we all know that leads to second second chance points. And that's just so valuable at state. You know, you're at the Idaho center. It's a different arena. Um, You're not, the shots might not fall until you get adjusted. So offensive rebounding is huge. Yep. Uh, And again, you know, Boise and Coeur d'Alene played in the semifinals last year at the 5A state tournament, went to overtime. Coeur d'Alene pulled it out of the fire. Uh, we could be headed toward a similar showdown. I, I mean, either way, you know, you're looking at a rematch, either Boise Coeur d'Alene from last year or Boise Rocky Mountain from the SIC championship game, which was just last Friday night at the ICCU Arena. Let's talk about Madison real quick. They're the team that kind of gets lost in the shuffle here. They're the number eight seed on that top half of the bracket. Uh, young coach in Luke Sutton, who uh, has taken Madison back to state for the first time in a couple of years, Sean. And I'll admit, you know, me personally, and I think a lot of people didn't see Madison advancing past Eagle in that play-in game on Saturday, uh, but they got the job done. And they've got, you know, Mia Walsh, who's six feet tall, and she can handle the ball and go inside and rebound. And then Nora Waddups underneath is a great post player too. And this is a young Madison team also. Yeah, they're young. Um, they've just kind of gotten the job done. And uh, we talked about this a little bit on the on the East Idaho Prepcast. Is they played a very strong like four A schedule, like a lot of lot of tough teams. And if you go in and look, they actually have a pretty hard hard strength of schedule. You know, it just unfortunately Rigby was another great team who's at state is in their division. But um, yeah, I kind of thought Madison could come out of that Eagle game. We talked about it a little bit, and they did just that. And I think. You know, you're young and you can go and you can make things happen. Um, Yeah, they just have two seniors on the roster and two sophomores and two juniors start. So, I mean, that team, that team is super young. So if anything, what an experience for these young players to look for, you know, kind of bridge some gaps. Yeah, really exciting time for the Madison Bobcats. And then on that bottom half of the bracket, we talked about Rigby. We talked about Lake City, the number two seed. They've only lost twice all year, Sean, to Rocky Mountain by a point. 
and then to Coeur d'Alene in, in the District 1-2 championship. And that that was kind of an eye-opener. You know, they dropped that game uh, by double digits, and, and they got knocked around in, in a way we haven't really seen this year. The game plan for Coeur d'Alene coming in was – we're going to make life uncomfortable for Avery Waddington. We're going to make sure she doesn't even get to the spots that she likes to operate. And we're going to make their other shooters beat us. Well, Lake City had a cold shooting night, and that's why they fell. Now, they were on a mission. I mean, they, they took it to Timberline in that state play-in game and looked very talented in doing so. Um, and so I'm wondering how many coaches can will try to mimic what Coeur d'Alene did to Lake City um, to try and knock the T-Wolves out. Yeah, and you've got a Lake City team that, you know, they didn't even qualify for state, and they were one of the top teams last year. You got a lot of these players back, and I mean, they're legit kind of a, you know, a, a title contender. They're hungry, um, they're experienced. I think they have good depth. I think Lake City is super strong and you know, kind of a little off the radar of what have just transpired. But if you if you sleep on them, you're you're gonna be sleeping a long time. And Lake City plays Middleton, the number seven seed. Middleton took second in the regular season in District 3, fell to Rocky Mountain by five in the District Tournament semifinals, uh, got their way to state, though. And this is a young team, too. They're led by uh, a really a strong group of sophomores and juniors. In fact, it's all sophomores and juniors in the starting lineup for Middleton. Marianne Blackwell is in her first season as the head coach. She has a really injected some life into this program. Uh, her daughter, Zoe Blackwell, is kind of the, the key piston in the engine for Middleton, great sophomore guard. Um, Middleton, I kind of lump with Madison, where they're, you know, maybe a year away from, you know, competing with like a Boise or a Coeur d'Alene. But I think for Middleton, they've got a good chance here of opening some eyes. But at the same time, this is going to be great experience for all of these underclassmen that come back next year, too. Yeah, and you've got to look at it. It's the first time Middleton's made it as a 5A team, too. So, you know, what an accomplishment there. And I'm sure they're real, they're going to be willing to take care of business regardless. But um, definitely a strong team, and, and they're a pretty fast team. And, you know, you could see some contrast of styles in that game. Yep, Middleton last got the state in 2022, two years ago, but it was the 4A state tournament. They had to play Bishop Kelly uh, in the consolation final, and they won that matchup. But Coach Blackwell is the third coach in three years at Middleton High School as well. And then we have Hawaii, right? Hawaii, the sixth seed. They're going to play Rigby in the opening round. Um, and this is an Hawaii team that's also young. You know, they've got one senior leader in Sid Rodriguez. She started her career at Bora, transferred to Hawaii, was ruled ineligible for the postseason. A year ago, Sean. So she couldn't compete when Hawaii got to state. Now she's back and motivated and ready to go. Um, they almost lost to Timberline in in a basically a consolation game at districts, where then Hawaii would have had to have turned around uh to play Lake City in a state play-in game, if you could imagine that. Uh, but after Timberline scored with 10 seconds to go to take a two-point lead, Mikhail Roy. Hits a three from the corner to win it for Hawaii by a single point to clinch that bid at state for the storm. And so, you know, Josie Davis is a great athlete. Mikhail Roy, we just talked about. This is an Hawaii team that I think, as much as I like Rigby, if there's going to be a first round upset, Sean, this is the one I'm calling right here. Six over three. Yeah. And Hawaii starts four players that are five. 510 or over so they're one of the taller teams i think overall that at least as, as starters go and why you know they're you know you look at all the teams all the teams have great records i mean the storm still you know 16 and 8 isn't a, a slouch and they're definitely um 
a good team and they could come away with an upset. They found a way to kind of scratch to their way through. And when you do that, you're kind of you're riding that momentum into the next game. Now, Rigby did beat Hawaii back in December, 65-38, but Hawaii has uh, is improved a lot, as has Rigby. But that's the thing. We've got a lot of good data points on, you know, but but it makes it hard to forecast, too, because everybody's kind of beating each other. So. Yeah, everyone's beating each other. There's not one strong uh, a pointing arrow anywhere. If you had a compass, um, the magnetic pole might not be working very well when you look at all these teams. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a look at our 5A players to watch here. We picked one from each school, just kind of a starting point for the conversation. It's not an exclusive list by any means. Uh, we picked one from each school. And so here's what we've got for our 5A players to watch. Avery Howell from Boise, Tegan Colvin from Coeur d'Alene, Avery Waddington from Lake City. Those first three players, all Division One basketball players. Nora Waddups from Madison. We talked about the Great Post. Zoe Blackwell from Middleton. Sid Rodriguez from Hawaii. She's a D1 commit seattle u the red hawks cambry barber from rigby and cc legaspi from rocky mountain sean which player are you most excited to see um right now i'm i'm pretty excited to see um avery waddington because you know i haven't been able to see her live i think that'll be really really great experience so i'm pretty excited to see her and then also i really enjoy watching cambry barbary live i've you know she's a, a phenomenal player to watch yeah, as a uh, University of Montana alum, aka I went there for a year, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm super excited that Avery Waddington chose the Lady Grizz uh, to continue her career. I'm most excited, Sean, to see Zoe Blackwell from Middleton. You know, she's a sophomore, but she doesn't play like a sophomore. And how she adjusts to the bright lights of state, um, I think, is going to be really interesting. So Zoe Blackwell from Middleton is my player to keep an eye on there. All right, Sean, let's get official uh, championship prediction from you. Let's throw, let's throw that bracket up on the screen one more time here, and we'll we'll put down your official prediction for the record book here. Uh, I'm going to – I'll take Boise. Who do you have Boise against? I'm going to go uh, Boise versus Rigby. Okay. I like it. I'm going to go with – Coeur d'Alene and Rigby in the championship. I'm going Ooh. a rematch from the Tarkanian Classic. These two played in Las Vegas earlier this year. Coeur d'Alene is a team on a mission. They have been injured all season long, Sean. They finally have everybody back. They're motivated. Coach Simmons uh, up there at Coeur d'Alene High, Nicole Simmons, she said, hey, everybody in the media and on social media wrote us off. We got the chip on our shoulder. We're ready to defend our title. They've made me a believer. I'm going to go Coeur d'Alene against Rigby in the championship, and I'll go Rigby to win it all. How about that? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'll pick Boise and Rigby to make it there, and, and I'm going to pick Boise right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's none of the teams we just talked about I, either. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it could and be. I'm serious. Yes, it could be any matchup. All these teams are so evenly matched. Uh, it's going to be a really fun tournament. So uh, the 5A state tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Idaho Center and also Timberline High School. Sean, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll come back with our 4A state tournament preview right after this. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. But it's just water vapor, right? Vapes don't make vapor. They produce an aerosol. 
These particles include toxins and chemicals that can cause lung disease and cancer. Be smart, don't start. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com State Tournament Preview Special presented by Novape Idaho. Be smart, don't start. Brandon Bainey joined by Lucas Gebhardt and Ryan Luke. Gentlemen, uh, the 4A Girls Basketball State Tournament is what we're here to talk about. Uh, thanks for hopping on, Lucas. We appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Happy to be here. Ryan, you look very professional with the headset on. It looks Yeah, good. I'm full-blown gamer mode right now. He <laughs> probably sounds a little better than I do. I'm just, you know, freelancing it here with no, no head, no headset or anything. So, yeah, and your internet's uh, touch and go too. So we'll keep an eye on that as we go. Here's the four A bracket, gentlemen. At the top, four versus five, Lakeland and Bishop Kelly. Then it's the number one seed, Shelley, against number eight, Columbia. Number two, Pocatello against number seven, Jerome. And then it's number three, Skyline against number six, Minico. You'll notice Sandpoint, the defending champions, not here. They lost two of three to Lakeland in the best of three championship series up north. Lucas, I'll start with you. When you look at this bracket, what is the first thing that jumps out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's Shelly versus the field, really. I mean, Shelly is kind of the clear-cut number one team in this bracket. Um, you know, obviously, the record kind of speaks for itself and, and what they've been able to do this year. But outside of that, you know, it's in the field. There's several teams that I, I think could not only get to the state championship, but um, if Shelly somehow gets knocked off in the semis or the quarters, I think this thing is just wide open outside of Shelly. So, uh, really, you know, the thing that stands out is Shelly, clear-cut favorite. But, you know, if they somehow get knocked out, I think there's five or six teams that could win this thing. Shelly is the only team left in Idaho girls basketball, I believe, that is still undefeated on the season. I didn't double check that statistic, but I I feel pretty confident about that. That was the storyline coming into state last year. Shelly's the overwhelming favorite. All of a sudden, Sandpoint comes out of nowhere, beats them in the championship game. Ryan, when you look at this bracket, what is the first thing that jumps out to you? All right. So first of all, I'll preface this with, I am from Shelly. So, oh, you wow. know, go Rustus. Now, I didn't go to Shelly High, though, so that's the caveat. But my mom was Miss Shelly, the Miss Russet, like 1970-something. So that's how we roll. Okay. So in talking about the bracket, here's the thing. I actually think Shelly got the tougher draw. And here's why. Because you have Bishop Kelly on that top end. Bishop Kelly... Their losses this year went against Boise, Eagle, Owyhee, and Ridgeview. Ridgeview being the only 4A loss in all of that. And I'm not downplaying Lakeland. I think Lakeland's a phenomenal team. But I think Shelly comes up against a Bishop Kelly team. So their path to the championship game is actually tougher than if than Skyline. Now, Skyline being their quote-unquote nemesis, Skyline played up to within two points. And Blackfoot was the other one that played, played Shelly within one point. I actually think they're the tougher of the two teams on the bottom half of that bracket, and they have a clearer path. Pocatello, great team, don't get me wrong. But I think at the end of the day, you're looking at, okay, you get past one team that was the champion that got knocked off pretty handily by Shelly. It could be a rematch of Skyline Shelly in the state championship, but I think that Shelly has to do more work to get there. Yeah, and I think even right away with Columbia, that's not an easy out either. Uh, I saw last year at State, Columbia was the seven seed. Blackfoot was the two seed. Blackfoot was like a heavy title favorite. And 
Columbia knocked them out in that first round and they were done. So uh, even even Columbia on the eight seed line there is pretty interesting. Any 4A hoop fans out there that want to join in the conversation, give your favorite team, your favorite player a shout out. You want to ask us a question or drop a prediction, throw it in the comments. We'll throw it up on the screen. So, Lucas, let's go back to that top half of the bracket that we talked about here. Shelly and Columbia matchup. Ellie Robertson, uh, she leads Columbia, Lucas, in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and I'm pretty sure blocks per game. Like every yeah. statistical category, it's Ellie Robertson. Yeah, I mean, pick your category. She's, she's your team leader. But you know what that tells you from – uh, Shelly's perspective is you take her out of the game and, you know, your chances of, you know, significantly increased of, of winning that game. But from Columbia's perspective, they're, they're kind of, there's really two teams, you know, in this tournament, in this bracket that are kind of playing with house money a little bit. One of them is Columbia. The other one is Lakeland. Um, but you know, you, you have essentially nothing to lose if, if you're Columbia here, I mean, you're the eight seed, you kind of not necessarily snuck into the state tournament, but really had to fight and play your way into the state tournament by you know beating Ridgeview in the in the district tournament. And you know, with Shelly being that the favorite and you know being undefeated and all that, you can just kind of lay it all out there. But Robertson's gonna have to have a big day for Columbia to win that game. But if she's hot and she is hitting her shots and getting rebounds, assists, points, you know, all that, and Shelly can't slow her down, that's how Columbia is going to stay in and potentially win that game. But if she gets taken out and taken out early in that game of that Shelly defense, it's might be a long day for, for Columbia. Yeah. Shelly of course has Brinley cannon, the phenomenal point guard and a BYU commit. Uh, and then we also have, you know, Mia Williams, who's a great, you know, secondary score for Shelly. The big question is, okay, who's that third score? Who's the third person when, you know, because now you're at state, everybody's got a defender to shut down one, and some teams have two defenders to shut down two. So the question is, who is that third option? Here's Lisa, Lisa Lazama. Let's go, BK Knights. Shout out to Cousins, Kira Lazama, and then Jordan Carnell, the point guard. Jordan Carnell was the sixth man of the year last year in the SIC. Now she stepped into the starting point guard role and is phenomenal. Yeah. So Ryan, you mentioned that BK Lakeland matchup. Now, I think you might be sleeping on Lakeland just a little bit. They did just beat Sandpoint, the defending champs, two out of three. And then they also played Pocatello earlier this year at the East Idaho Holiday Shootout and lost by a possession in overtime. And they've got a six-footer in Landry Simon who can cause some problems and some disruptions. To me, the matchup is Addie Libel for BK, their star center, against Landry Simon for Lakeland. Whoever wins that matchup, I think, probably wins the game. Yeah, and I don't want to, you know, the hard part is, and I tell everybody this, and I'm from Idaho, so I can say this, we have three states in the state of Idaho. We have East Idaho, we have North Idaho, and then we have kind of Twin Falls West. And the problem is, is that we don't see anybody from North Idaho. It's legitimately so far away, eight hours if you're driving from here from the Boise area. So if I'm sleeping on North Idaho, I apologize because that is because I have not been to North Idaho in a long time and it's in my own state. The reality is, is in sports in general, when we're talking about North Idaho, we don't know what we have because there's so few teams on that larger team, you know, larger classification level that we just don't know what we have. I mean, you look at like Coeur d'Alene in football, they came in and they, they kind of ran it, went to the, you know, to the state championship. Well, nobody saw that coming. Right. And, and we can say as much as we'd like. And I know, Brandon, you're up there now, so maybe you can give us more insight. We just really don't know what we have versus these we'll call them the the metro teams here in the in the valley in the treasure valley so 
going back to BK, BK playing tough competition week in and week out. I mean, you could liken it to say maybe the SEC or whatever, but you know, they played four, five, well, more than four, five, eight teams, but they only lost, they lost to four, five, eight teams. Uh, you talk about the center matchup and down and that post play, which has been critical to them. Everything goes through that post and they run the post, everything through that. So again, I'm not sleeping on North Idaho. I just don't know what they have. And I don't know if they played a team like a BK. Right. And that's the hard part that every coach pulls their hair out. How do we evaluate these teams from the North for sure? Uh, let's go to the bottom half of the bracket. Here's Ryan Allen. Good luck, Jerome Tigers. Shout out to my two girls, Emma and Autumn. This is a team that was the walking wounded this year on this bottom half of the bracket. The Jerome Tigers come in as the number seven seed. Uh, they did not have their full complement of players, guys, until uh, basically when their season was on the line at districts in a loser out game against mountain home. And even for like the first half, as they were reincorporating all of these players, it looks kind of funky and out of sorts. And you're like, boy, is Jerome going to pull this thing out or what? And then it's like a light switch clicked and Jerome took out twin falls pretty easily to get to state first time to state Lucas since 2010. What an accomplishment for Jerome high school. Yeah, and then finally getting the the Twin Falls monkey off off their back, if you will, too. They they get a big win over Twin Falls over the weekend to punch their ticket to the to the state tournament. And you know what a job this uh, coaching staff and Kelly Williams and, and her second season has done there at Jerome. And you know, obviously Scott Burton, our good friend, and um, usually calling the four A tournament, but hey, he's celebrating it with his his Tigers this time around. So, uh, you know, he's shout out to just Scott and coach Williams and that whole staff there. Cause they Jerome's back in the state tournament. That's a big deal for this program. Um, just knowing Scott and having a little bit of insight into what's going on in that program. This is a big deal for Jerome. This is a big deal for that program. It was one of the biggest wins um, probably since they were last at state in, in 2010, or even when they won the state championship back in, you know, Oh four, early two thousands. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it that was a big win for them, and you know, I'm excited to to see how they they come out Thursday. You know, it's it's going to be a tough matchup for them, but um, it's just exciting to to see some new teams in the state tournament. But you know, it's a tough ask to to go up against Pocatello. Pocatello is a pretty good team. Yeah, on the other side of the coin, Ryan. Hey, congrats! You made it to state. Good luck against Pocatello <laughs> in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> Jer Jerome's Jerome's tallest player is Emily Loy at five ten. Well, Pocatello goes with Kenna Garza at 6263. And then Abby Lusk, who's just a silky smooth, you know, six footer as well. I'm just worried about Jerome's ability to counteract all that height that Pocatello has. Yeah. So Jerome went 19 and five, and teams don't go 19 and five for no reason. They absolutely can do something. And, and a lot of theirs is schematics. Like you said, good coaches make adjustments to height differential. And not only that, good players, uh, you know, maybe it's a box and one or something like that. And that's the, that's been, excuse me, Jerome's, you know, marching orders. Now, the problem is you can't do like a, like a two and you chase three people around. So that matchup may be difficult, but, you know, the quickness, some of that full court press action, and then uh, taking good shots, clean shots can keep them in the game long enough. Again, 19 and five, that's nothing to, 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 to pass over. I think we have to be very cognizant of that. Now, Pocatello, like you said, state seed number two, um, in terms of the rankings, they kind of went up and down through the max preps rankings throughout the year, but very close to the top the whole season. And it is on the back of their big, tall, athletic players. And uh, Garza, you mentioned Garza, Lusk, Hagler, some of those, they do great things 
And it's tough to lock down all three at the same time. And I think that that's what Jerome's going to face. But, you know, it can be done. It certainly can be done. You just have to put a good game plan together. Yep. Scott Burton says, let's go, Jerome Tigers. And Sean Kane, our East Idaho prepcaster, Abby Lusk is a problem because she can step out and hit a three um, as well. Kenna Garza, a quick shout out, crossed the 1,000 point mark for her career. She's only a junior. That's, that's tough to do as a junior. So we're looking forward to you know what she has next year as well for her senior season. But yeah, that Pocatello-Jerome matchup will be interesting. And then the, the final matchup at the bottom here, uh, Skyline and Minico. This one to me, Lucas, is the hardest one to gauge. I could see a scenario where either one of these teams not only wins, but maybe the winner of this game specifically gets all the way to the championship. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, with, with Medico, obviously, you know, they have one of the, the better plays, better players in the tournament and uh, CJ Lada, you know, senior going to, to Utah state, but, you know, Skyline is, is another team that I don't know where they've been in the, in the latest media poll. I mean, this team is, you know, went through Blackfoot to, to get to the state tournament. And, you know, the max prep rankings, I think, speak for themselves. Here they are at the number three seed. And I think you're exactly right. This is a team that I think this it's a tough matchup against Medico. But, you know, Medico is a great team at the sixth seed, too. So I, I think you're exactly right. I think the winner of this game has a really good shot um, to get to the state championship and, you know, kind of looking, projecting ahead to uh, what our Friday games might look like. You know, Pocatello against the winner of skyline medico i think will be a fantastic game too so i think there's three of those four teams and you know not to, again not to take anything away from jerome but i think three of those four teams talking about pocatello skyline and medico like those three teams have a very realistic shot to go to the state championship and flip a three-headed coin to decide which one it's going to be yeah, the, the one problem with Skyline, uh, Ryan, is that they don't have a ton of height. The one player that had height, Amy Basic, injured, uh, uh, got an injury during volleyball season, has missed the entire year. Shea Shippen's 5'10", and she can go down low and bruise if need be, um, but it's it's tough to ask her to do that three games in a row. The good news is, Minico doesn't have a lot of height either, but if we're looking ahead to, let's say it's Skyline Pocatello, uh, you go, okay, well, Pocatillo's got Garza at 6'3", and Lusk at six foot, and how do you counteract that? Uh, to me, it's almost like, well, how how is, how is Pocatello going to defend Shea Shippen? One of those two is going to have to guard Shea, and I think she's going to be able to beat them to her spots offensively. Yeah, so Skyline is a very athletic team, and I and they, they do it based on the back of running the floor really well, hitting transition shots and getting up and down the floor. And that is a great way to neutralize a larger team is to keep them on their heels and moving back and forth. Now, the the counterpoint to that is, is that some of those big, those they're big, some of the taller players, um, if we're looking ahead to Pocatello, but let's not jump to that too soon. But <laughs> if you were to say, look ahead to that, is that they're very athletic girls themselves. So, but going back to this matchup, I, I, I like it, but I, but I, but I really want to be honest when I say, I think Skyline is so athletic. I think they get up and down the floor really well and they shoot really well. If you have somebody who's averaging, let's just call it 24 points a game. Again, there's a reason that they do that. She finishes around the rim really well. She shoots mid-range jumpers really well. She takes good, she controls the ball really well. And so I, I'm not overlooking Minico because great team and the perennial put somebody out there and they could challenge quite frankly, but Skyline's the number two team for a reason. They pushed Shelly 
right? And we would go back and they only, in fact, they lost, they lost to Shelly by two points in their second matchup. They pushed them. So my point is, is I think that they're peaking at the right time during the, at the season. And it's all about momentum when you start getting into the playoffs type scenarios. And yet Minico, CJ Lotta could decide to go off for 40 and, you know, call it that she did set the new record uh, that was a year old that Amari Whiting had previously set from Burley. And then CJ Lotta beat the scoring record last year for most points in a single state tournament. So it's going to be really fun to watch. Well, here are our 4A players to watch. It's, it's a bunch of names we've already mentioned. Jordan Carnell from BK, Ellie Robertson from Columbia, Emma Allen from Jerome. Landry Simon from Lakeland, CJ Lotta from Minico, Kenna Garza from Pocatello, Brinley Cannon from Shelley, Shea Shippen from Skyline. Lucas, which player are you most excited to see here? Yeah, I think most excited. I think it's, you know, the the two Division One commits we have there. And, uh, you know, Cannon, obviously, with Shelley, but also um, over in, in Minico as well with CJ Lotta. I mean, those are two Division One commits. So anytime you have a future Division One talent on the floor, that's obviously exciting. Um, but kind of going a little deeper on the list there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Robertson play for, for Columbia. You know, I think she could really be an X factor uh, for Columbia, especially on day one. You know, look for her to have have a big afternoon. They, they play at 2 o'clock local time over at Timberline on Thursday. But she has a big afternoon and she can keep Columbia in the game against Shelly. You know, all you got to do is be in the game late to have a chance to win the game, especially in the state tournament, especially kind of in that early window too. So um, I'm going to go, uh, you know, other than the two obvious ones, I'm going to go with Robertson for, for Columbia. Ryan, you got one standout you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, Bridley Cannon. So she's a six foot one point guard. So we talked about height out there. Not only is she six one and she can block shots and she can move and rebound really well. She controls the ball. Everything runs through her. The offense starts and ends with her until she decides it doesn't. And that's a tough, tough challenge. Now, her biggest task, don't get in foul trouble. If, if Brinley Cannon does not get into foul trouble and her endurance, her conditioning, her training is up to par, I think, quite frankly, she could literally carry this team to a state championship. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting for sure. Um, okay, let's get official championship predictions here. But before we do that, a couple of comments here in the chat. Tim Brocious says, let's go, Bishop Kelly. And Everly wants to remind us, hey, Skyline's the three seed, Pokey's the two. The Thunder beat Skyline by double digits this year. And yes, that's what makes forecasting this field so difficult because Bishop Kelly beat Jerome, but it was only by five. Jerome lost to Minico twice. Pocatello split with Minico this year. Pocatello did beat Skyline, but they lost to Shelly twice. Skyline lost to Shelly twice as well, but they pushed them both times. I mean, there's just a lot. And, and Pocatello beat Lakeland, but it was in overtime. Everybody is pretty evenly matched here. It's going to be really fun. So let's get your official championship predictions here. Uh, Lucas, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I, I'm going to start at the top half of the bracket. Um, I just can't really see any way around Shelly not getting to the state championship. Um, I think they have the, the easier path than being at the top half of the bracket than the bottom half of the bracket. So I'm going to go ahead and put Shelly in the, in the state championship. And gosh, bottom half of the bracket's really tough, but um, I, I like Skyline. You know, Skyline, they're, they're playing well right now. Um, and, and playing well, here's the deal with the state tournament. It's a, basically a one-game playoff to to advance through this bracket, right? You know, I know it's you get the two-game guarantee, but you want to win your first game be on that right side of the bracket. I think Skyline's peaking at the right time, and Ryan hit on that earlier. So I like Skyline and Shelly. Uh, to play each other in state championship. And 
I just can't see any way that I can't pick Shelly to to win this thing. You know, on, on being kind of speaks for itself for me. So, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, if we just go pure March Madness, we would say, okay, hey, it's Shelly versus Pocatello. Um, obviously, I'm picking Shelly at the top. Even though I said at the beginning, I think that they have a harder path because they theoretically have to get through Bishop Kelly and or Lakeland, who we know nothing about, but we know everything about. Um, the bottom <laughs> half, and I'm with, I would just pretty much mirror and echo everything that Lucas said, and we broadcast so much together. I wonder if we, we're sharing a brain right here because I'm thinking Skyline's the same thing. Now, here's the only problem is if Pocatello can can get big, right? If they can get big, then I think they stop them. But I actually think it's going to be Skyline Shelly, and then Shelly's going to do the pull the trifecta and beat them three times in the same season for the state championship. Yeah, a lot of and, and I love that a lot of these teams have already faced each other and there's some familiarity. I misspoke earlier. I said Minico swept Jerome. Ryan reminds me, Jerome did beat Minico once. It came by three points. And I think there's going to be a lot of very close games throughout this 4A state tournament. Gentlemen, thank you. Good luck at the 4A state tournament uh, coverage on idahosports.com. You guys will be broadcasting from Timberline, right? Okay. All right. I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> <Yeah>. were told. <laughs> you show up to an empty gym. That'd be really fun. So, yeah. all right. There's your 4A state preview. We'll take another break. Come back to break down the 3A bracket. We are about 15 minutes behind on the live stream. I apologize. So 3A preview coming up next. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. Dear all-wheel drive. Let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. We're back on the IdahoSports.com 2024 Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special here to break down the 3A State Basketball Tournament with Logan Green, LG. Uh, we've talked about how so many of these tournaments are wide open and competitive. This yeah. tournament to me is the most open. I could make a case for legitimately all eight yeah. teams that are here. Yeah, there is, uh, you know, so many times I've looked through this bracket and thinking, oh, this team's going to win it. And then I dig a little deeper and then I, I want to change my mind and uh, have lots of thoughts on, you know, if um, – I'm, we'll get into it later, but like if teams were in a different spot, I like them to to make a run. But man, it, it's going to be a really fun time uh, at Middleton High School for these games. Um, you know, one glaring thing you look at it, and somebody's not there. I think that's the first thing you notice, right? Is um, we're so used to Sugar Salem being in everything, and I know you don't want to talk about somebody who's not here, but that is something to discuss, right? They're they're not they're not on this bracket, and uh, but the thing is, this tournament is loaded with. It is team that all the team, these are the same players year in and year out. It is, you know, most of this bracket has been here over the last seven or eight years. It is, I think, Timber, Timberlake has missed it once in that time frame, and Snake River has been every year, and Parma's missed it once in this time frame. And almost the whole bracket is the same as last year, uh, almost. And then you've got American Falls, who hasn't been in what 20 years, something like that. Uh, it, it's going to be a really good time. Yeah, it's like an old family reunion, right? Everybody's getting back together. Yeah. And oh, hey. um, you mentioned, we'll pull, put the bracket up here on the screen. You mentioned, uh, you know, a team that wasn't here. I thought you were going to talk about McCall Donnelly. That was the best state play-in game from this past Saturday. Kimberly yeah. and McCall Donnelly, where McCall Donnelly thinks they've just hit the game-winning basket with two seconds left. 
gets wiped off due to a double dribble call and Kimberly hangs on to win by a point 45 44 um at that if that's the first quote unquote state game for 3A yeah, Logan we'll we're in for it. a good tournament <laughs> yeah if that's yeah if that's a sign of things to come uh, buckle up should be a fun one all right, well, let's take a look at this bracket. These games are at Middleton High School on IdahoSports.com. Opening round Thursday noon. It's four versus five. Oh, hey, Parma and Fruitland, district rivals. Uh, Gotta love that. I don't. I do. Do district rivals? Do they like that? Like we've got two of them in this tournament. We've got the four-five as a district game and the two-seven as a district game. Uh, they, no love lost between these two teams, these four teams, I should say, and a lot of familiar familiarity. I can't speak right. Um, but I mean, these are two teams, Parma and Fruitland, that just met for the district championship. Yep. And uh, same at the bottom, right? Two versus seven at five o'clock snake river and American falls uh, in the undefeated semifinal snake river won by three in overtime. And then in the true championship, um, you know, they still, they did beat American falls, but it was a pretty tightly contested game throughout. You've got Teton, the one seed they're playing number eight, Kimberly, and then also the three versus six Timberlake up against Filer there. We've already got a comment in here, Logan. Let me get it up on the screen. And uh, if you've got questions or comments, all my 3A hoop fans, throw them in the comments. We'll throw them up on the screen. Give your favorite team, player, coach a shout out, or you can ask us a question. Um, here, Melissa says, good luck, Teton. And I guess the conversation kind of has to start there, right? They are, if you were going to pick one team yeah. as the prohibitive favorite, they're the number one seed. They've lost once this year to Sugar Salem. And like you said, hey, Sugar's not here, so they don't got to worry about that. Um, and yet, you know, this is a Teton team that has gotten to the championship pretty recently, again, against Sugar Salem. Um, right. But I, I feel apprehensive somewhat saying Teton's the favorite talk, talk me out talk me out of this Brandon I don't know see every time I'm like no I have the same thought that I I think Teton it's there there's I come into it and thinking it's Teton's to lose uh, but then I look at the other teams and how competitive they've been and and I just don't know I mean okay you 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 look at Teton and what they've done this year and tournament teams <clears throat> that they've beaten on the year right across across class classifications they beat North Fremont uh you know a district champion they've already beat American Falls this year uh, they beat North Fremont twice, I should say. They've beaten Snake River. They've beaten Bon, or they beat, excuse me, Bonneville. Lakeland, a qualifier at the 4A level. Uh, they beat them by 20 points. Um, so you you look at that and say, Teton, you know, they have earned their spot. They have they have deserved to be the number one ranked team. They deserve to be the number one team in the polls unanimously. I guess I'll say that. I think they deserve to be where they're at, and that is not up for debate. I think that is it. Conversation over. Now, will that translate to a tournament? I don't know. Um, Brandon, you look at the last couple of the over the last month, it has been January 4th was the last time that Teton played a team that's in the state tournament. Um, not that you play state tournament teams every night, right? But it's been over a month since they've played a state tournament team. Um, and so that would be maybe something I would look out for because I tell you what, Brandon, the winner of that four or five game. I think if you put them in the bottom half of the bracket, they're in the state championship. That is my, I think Parma or Fruitland has it done, has the skills to do it and could force an upset over Teton, whoever it is that comes out of that. Um, but if they were in the bottom half of the bracket, I think one of those two would be in the championship. 
We're getting all sorts of comments here, Logan. I love it. Jammy says Teton is a force and the best. She adds, you will not see a group of ladies that play fluid uh, as fluid as this team. And that was mm-hmm. the next point I was going to make about Teton is um, they've got so many fluid athletes with Morgan Johnson and Reese Coons and Abby Barkdale, who uh, kind of gets forgotten about, but she's a phenomenal athlete as well. Great soccer player also. Um, and Brock says, I'm going to be watching Reese Coons toss those one-handed free throws. This I got to see Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be, that should be fun to see. It's always fun for a unique thing. And you know what, what is scary? I think what, what makes me end up leaning towards Teton is, is their experience, right? This is a team that, that is heavy loaded. That has been there. You talked about it earlier with some other tournaments where you thought maybe um, a Middleton, for instance, was maybe a year away. They needed to get that experience before they won a championship. I think Teton has already had those lumps. They've already gone through that, and they're ready to go. And those seniors, those upperclassmen, want to go out with a championship. So I, I Teton is going to be a tough out for sure. Yep. Let's talk about their first round opponent quickly here. Kimberly, they did beat Filer earlier this year. Logan, it snapped a 40 game winning streak that Filer had enjoyed over its conference opponents, both regular season and postseason. And they pushed Filer pretty tight uh, at the district tournament as well. They lost 45, 41 in the undefeated semifinal. They lost the, the true championship by only six. Uh, they did get that one point win over McCall Donnelly. Uh, you know, they've got some good post play with Macy Dill and, um, but a younger team, you know, Taya Plu yeah. as a freshman is one of their top players. Um, and so I wonder if Kimberly is just a year away, possibly against a very veteran Teton squad that's used to be in its state. And, you know, they did go, they played in the Parma tournament back in December and they got two wins there. The first two games made it to the finals against Weezer and in the process knocked off Parma, right? A state tournament team that I think is really solid. So, you know, you you just, again, you just never know when you get into a tournament, but I echo the same sentiments, you know, Um, have they been pushed enough lately? Um, I will find out, you know, they've been able to knock out, they took, they, they beat Filer during the year, right? They were able to beat um, Parma. They've got two wins over state tournament teams. That's always that's always something they go straight to to look at and say, what have you done against the field? And you look at it right there and you say, Kimberly is, has won some games. They've lost some, that's for sure, uh, but they have won some, so they have the ability to get it done. Yeah, here's Chris. He says, Parma is so tough. If they hit their threes, they are going to go far. Logan, Based on my experience covering state, that is that is a tough way to go try and win a championship. <laughs> it's That's- uh, it you see it in the NCAA tournament, right? It 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 is you hit it or you don't, right? And if you do, you look at Princeton last year, right? Go as a 15 seed makes it to the Sweet 16 because they could hit it, but then when it's not hitting, it it, it you're in a tough spot. But I think Parma. That, that is my dark horse, Brandon. I, I know I might be jumping the gun here, but Parma is my dark horse. I think they have the ability. They have players in different positions that can get it done. I mean, everybody, you know, kind of goes to the main ones for Parma, right? You've got uh, Riley Calkins, Sidney Jackson, you know, Ari Harris that are right there. But I did a Parma game a couple of weeks ago against Weezer, went to overtime. Um, Calkins did not play in that game. So that was something, you know, she, she wasn't, playing in that game um, and somebody else stepped up. It was Daisy Hardcastle. She had like 19 points in the second half of that game. And she was very quiet in the first half, came out of nowhere, 
goes on a roll, and I think Parma can do that. That's why I think they're dangerous. I think they can do it from different positions. And what thing, if you look at Parma's schedule, they have a lot of games. Yeah, they have a couple of losses on the season, but all, all most of them, they lost to that team, and then they played them again, and they won. And I think that shows me what I want to see from a team, right? That you you don't get a whole game to make those changes, but you get a halftime break, right? And I can see that Parma and Coach Calkins can make those changes, and I think that's what makes them dangerous is that they can adjust on the fly. They can flip a loss into a victory, and they can take a bad first half and turn it into a great second half. Yep. Uh, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see with Parma. They do have great balance. That was the key to their semifinal win over McCall Donnelly at Districts was um, while McCall Donnelly's Gabby Green led all scores with 18 points, only three players total scored for the Vandals, whereas Parma had six different players get between like five and 12 points, which is really good balance uh, for sure. Um, they play Fruitland in the first round. Obviously, they've encountered each other a lot this year yeah. fruitland's got you know alexi drollinger and and bailey van hofwagen's a pretty pretty good guard um brooke hardy can be a problem inside she's such a great athlete phenomenal volleyball player too um parma has the recent momentum and yet it was only a two-point win 39 37 yeah. in that district championship to me it's which team can get the most out of its bench in this match yeah yeah, and that's uh, Parma plays most everybody, and like you said, really balanced. And here's the thing, Brandon, too: these two play, and what I think is the most competitive conference, right? Maybe there's others that you could say are better, whatever you want. But they had to deal with McCall Donnelly and Weezer night in and night out. You know, there were four teams at the top of that conference that were just trading blows with each other, and I think they come in having traded a lot of blows um, down the stretch, more so than any other team in, in the tournament. And that's what I like about both of them. That's why I said if you put them away from Teton, I think they could make a run. Um, but, yeah, th th that should be a, what a great way to kick off uh, game number one of the tournament. For sure. And then at the bottom half of the bracket, here's Mallory Jensen. She says, let's go American Falls. couple of Jensen's on that Beavers team. I'm going to guess they're related. Mallory, you let us know in the in the chat. Um, and then Ev, uh, Everly says, watch out now that Riley is back for Snake. It was supposed to be a season-ending injury. Yes, Riley Edelifson, the reigning 3A player of the year for yeah. Snake River, all-state point guard, uh, breaks her hand, misses a month of action. She returns for basically the district championship against American Falls, scores six points in you know about 20 minutes of play, but she also had six assists. And that's the key is snake doesn't need her to go out and, and score 20. If she can get to eight or 10 and facilitate others, Reese Baldwin and, you know, Dunn and some of these other great players for snake, they're going to be right in the mix. They are the defending three, a state champs. Yeah. And, and you know, they, you like you said, yeah, they've got all the pieces when she went out. Yeah. A lot of people thought maybe, uh, it, it wasn't looking good for Snake River. Maybe a window has opened. And you know what? It makes a team just as maybe even more dangerous, right? Because your team learned how to adjust to play without her, right? And now all of a sudden she's back. And now you, you've grown as a team and you've learned how to play without her and lean on other people. They might have stepped in new positions that they weren't used to doing or taking a shot they weren't used to taking or taking that drive that, that they would have usually kicked out. And now, now they're in a different spot and they're a better team out of it. But Brandon... 
uh, it is very hard to beat a team three times. It's extremely hard to beat a team four times. It is darn near impossible to beat a team five times in a season. And that's what Snake River is going to have to do. And it has gotten progressively closer every time. You know, it is, they have not just had one of those just, we absolutely crushed American Falls type games. I know you look at American Falls record, four of those losses have come against Snake River. Um, that's a tough, you know, that is a tough way to lose four games. And man, this is a team that took care of business against South Fremont. Man, I, if there's going to be an upset in this tournament, it is this first game in American Falls is they are here for the first time in a long time and they are going to come out. And, and I think that they are going to be more, I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to be more relaxed. They, the pressure is not on them. I feel like it's on the defending state champs and they can come in a different site location than usually facing their nemesis. And uh, I think they've got a shot. Yeah, here's Chris Ann in the uh, comments. Don't count American Falls out like you did in the play-in game. Uh, Logan, uh, for, for my final girls basketball bracketology, I predicted every single game that took place on Saturday. There were 12, uh, either state play-in games or district games that were essentially state play-in games. I went four and eight, all right? I didn't do great, yeah. and I, I alienated a lot of people that are now at state, so I definitely yeah, get know. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. We know bulletin board baney very well this is the this is what we call him he he just produces bulletin board material your state championship should be credited to brandon because he probably ticked you off enough to uh to to put you into the state championship i'm just kidding but uh yeah it's a uh, it, it is just so hard right to pick it we look at this stuff all the time right in our in our jobs and then we're wrong it's like uh, we're great weathermen. We'd be great weathermen, right? Um, it just—it's just so hard because teams have it in them, and it just comes out at different times in different ways. Yeah, uh, we asked Mallory earlier in the chat about the Jensen girls from American Falls. She says they are sisters. That would be uh, Eden Jensen, freshman point guard, who's really stepped into her own, and then Addison Jensen, who's a junior, um, leads the team in scoring a lot of the time. And that's that's the thing I wanted to bring up about American Falls is they do such a good job of blocking out all that exterior noise. It is it's all about what are we doing today? And this is a team that has two seniors, Shelby Smith and Jade Smith. And again, somebody from American Falls can correct me, but I'm pretty sure they're not related. It's just two Smiths or maybe they're cousins or something. But um, otherwise, it's all juniors, sophomores and freshmen, Logan, and Nobody told them, hey, you're supposed to lose to Snake and you're supposed to lose bad. Or, hey, you're mm -hmm. supposed to lose to South Fremont. Nobody told them that. And they show up and play and they compete. And here's Mallory again. Yeah. yeah, the Smiths are cousins. Okay, so that's what the two Smiths are. Um, but uh, that's the thing that I've been really impressed with about this American Falls team. Yeah, and and they're young, and they're gonna they're gonna be a problem next year too. You know, if they've got all these pieces and they've they've made it here, they're not gonna want to skip out next year as well. Um, I, I'm I'm a, anticipating a very good two seven game uh, on Thursday. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people expect. Um, it's it's gonna be good. We'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, if there's an upset in this first round brewing, it's right there. Okay, our final matchup, three versus six, Timberlake and Filer. Each team took different paths here, but both are used to basically dominating their league, right? We talked about Filer's 40-game yep. winning streak against the league earlier. Uh, Timberlake lost to Bonner's Ferry in the first game of their best-of-three championship series by two points, 55-53. Um, 
Bonner's Ferry hadn't beaten Timberlake in over 24 tries, you know, 10 years we're talking about almost. Uh, that's how long the losing streak went there. And then they barely won the second game, 46-43, and then they blow out Bonner's Ferry in, in the third and final game of the series, 64-25. And Coach Matt Miller, who's been doing this a really long time, had mm -hmm. a good quote to the Coeur d'Alene Press after that win. And he said, basically, with our team, it's, are we going to show up mentally and, you know, be prepared to, to play and put in the work? And he said, we did tonight, but it's, it's a work in progress. And they're having to do all of this without their best player, Malia Miller, who as a freshman last year burst onto the scene, but she's been out all year uh, with an injury. And so that's Timberlake's biggest problem is finding out who is that leader. Who's that person that you can point to with two minutes left in the game and say, get me the ball. I'll make a play. And, you know, they're a very good and balanced team, right? MacArthur is averaging eight points. Nelson, nine. Young, just under eight. Uh, needs 7.2. And McKellips with 11. So extremely balanced, right? They have a bunch of players that can get it done. But at a tournament time, like you said, Brandon, you need somebody that's in a tie game in a hostile environment at a state tournament that says, enough, I'm taking over this game. This is mine. I am punching our ticket to the next round. And that's it'll be interesting to see for Timberlake who's going to step up. Who out of that crew that has uh, very balanced scoring is going to say, you know, it's a, it, it's a team game, right? But at some point in some situations, you got to have somebody that just is is her, right? As, as they say, him or her, whatever. They need somebody to step up. And and we're not saying that they can't, but who is it going to be? I think we're, we'll, we'll see that from Timberlake. Um, I think they'll turn it on. And you know what? They just started a new winning streak against uh, Bonner's Ferry. The old one was old and stale. Uh, they got kind of bored with it. So they wanted to start a new one. That's that's what I heard, right? Um, um, so, but but then, you know, they're going to face Filer again. And and we talked about Filer. And again, these are two teams that, like you said, roll through their conference. So it's always fun to see those two type of teams go up against each other, right? Two teams that are, are used to having their way all of a sudden, meet somebody that that won't let them have their way and you know this will be another this will be a really tough matchup for both teams in the first round i think it'll take them some time to feel each other out right maybe a quarter or two this is one that i think starts off a little bit slow as they try to you know feel each other out and see what each other is going to throw at them offensive and defensively and then the second half will really turn up yeah filer's got two great athletes in ali bishop and uh, also, Hazel Fisher, uh, Bishop's 5'11". They have Reese Hills at 6'2". And they've got a sophomore transfer from Wendell in Tanley Lemoyne, who is capable of getting hot, too. So it's going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, Logan, uh, as we were talking about that Snake River American Falls matchup, here's Mark Edlifson. I'm going to guess related to Riley. Yeah. Thank, thank you for fueling yeah. Snake River's fire. <laughs> hey, if it leads to another championship for your girls... You're welcome. <laughs> that's that's what I'll say. I'll, I'll say I'm rooting for everyone, right? Yes. I don't, you know, it's just, I'm just looking for a good time, right? You know, prove me wrong. I'm not, I wasn't saying they were going to win. I'm just saying if there is an upset, that would be one to, to watch out for. But yeah. you know what? Snake River has just, they've just rolled through their season too. So there's no, they, they have earned their number two seed here in the tournament. Yep. All right. Here's the three A players to watch. We picked one from every team. Just a jumping off point here. Uh, Addison Jensen from American Falls, Hazel Fisher from Filer, Alexi Drollinger from Fruitland, Macy Dill from Kimberly, Riley Calkins from Parma, Riley Edlifson from Snake River. They spell their name the exact same way. 
how how uh, ironic is that? Calkins and Edlifson, Reese Coons from Teton, Kirsten McKellips from Timberlake. Logan, give me one player you're most excited to watch here. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Riley Edlifson. I know I just got called out in the comments for it, but I mean she is a phenomenal player. I'd love to see her come back from that injury and just tear it up on the court, right? Uh, commit to in uh, you, I believe, right, Brandon. Um, for her, it's going to be fun to watch her play in this tournament. Yep, for sure. Okay, quickly give me a championship prediction because here's Paul Kingsbury. Can't wait for the two A preview to start. That means we've gone long. Get out of very, here. That, very quickly. Our red button is on. Yes. Um, Brandon, I think um I think the championship, I I, I think it's one two. I think it's I think it's Teton versus Snake River at the end of the day, but I think it's the winner of the semifinal game um in that top half of the bracket that wins it. If Parma or Fruitland pulls off the upset, I think they win the state championship. I think it, it'll come down to to that matchup and whoever it is, I think they pull it off. Melissa's with you, Logan. Teton versus Snake River. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Logan Green on the call for the 3A state tournament from Middleton High School. Thank you, Logan. We will take a break and come back with the much-anticipated 2A girls state tournament preview. Right after this break, you're watching the 2024 Idaho High School girls basketball state tournament preview special on IdahoSports.com. Idaho Sports Nation, Ideal, Idaho's education savings program, is a proud partner of IdahoSports.com and an ideal way to save for college. Did you know it only takes $25 to start an Ideal 529 savings account and you get tax benefits? There is no better time than today to start saving for college expenses for you or for a loved one. Information and a full disclosure statement, including risks, terms, and conditions, can be found online. Please read carefully before investing. IDSaves.org. Go save for college and go Idaho student athletes. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com girls basketball state tournament preview special time to talk two way girls state tournament with Paul Kingsbury and Lauren Jensen. They'll be on the call for the two way state tournament. Gentlemen, thank you for hopping on before we get to the bracket and start breaking down these two way matchups. We did have a question in the chat about, officiating at state and i thought this would be a perfect question for you lauren because you have you have dabbled in officiating uh in your life so <laughs> and when i say dabbled he's yeah he's a great referee here's the question it's from howard referees from across the state have different styles slash perspectives on the way they call the games based on you know calling it tight versus letting them play uh, do you think it favors any one team or division of the tournament, Lauren? What do you think about that? I, I don't think so. I I think within your own like your own conference, so like District Six refs versus District Four, you have your own you have varying styles within your district as officials. And so you know something I might call or or key in on other guys that I ref with don't now. So I just. I think that's very, very unlikely. Maybe a call here or there, but to really affect a game in its entirety, I just, I don't think that's, and there's three officials out there, you know, and most of the time those guys are split crews. You're not going to have guys until you get to the championship games, if you have similar conference, but then those guys are working with each other and working for both teams anyways. So I just, I just don't think it affects it like that. There's too much variability. Yes, uh, that was a good question, though, and and that's what we want from you, the fans. So, two A girls fans, give your favorite team, give your favorite player, give your favorite coach a shout out, ask a question, 
throw it in the chat. We'll throw it up on the screen. Here's Linda. Go Melba, Lady Mustangs, you rock. We are always exciting, Paul. And that's, you know, if we look at this bracket, Paul, that's kind of the big story this year in, at least to me, in 2A girls basketball is there's kind of this big three, right? It's Grangeville, it's Coal Valley Christian, it's Melba. That Now you're looking at a one, a three, and a five seed. There was some consternation about max preps because for most of the season, those three teams were all on the top half of the bracket that finally kind of yeah. sorted itself out a little bit, but man, where, where do you start when you look at this bracket? Where, what stands out to you the most? Well, you know, I think starting at the very beginning is a good place to start, you know, uh, North Fremont, Melba, North Fremont, you know, uh, a, a good record on paper. Uh, let's see if they can get by Melba, Melba, number five seed. Are, are they really in the bottom bottom half of the of the bracket i mean and as far as one through eight five is below 50 percent. that's what i meant um <clears throat> i don't think so i think i think they're they're better than the number five seed um and you know head coach dave lentz is is going to get him ready I, I watched him play once this year they're a very good team um and i think you were right to say that's the big three and and two of those three are coming out of the wic and and cold valley and melba know each other very very well um over over the past few years they've played each other i mean i think melba's lost 15 games in the last some odd years and cold valley has been eight of them so uh, it, you know it, it's a rivalry in the, in the wic and here they are in the state tournament uh a little count uh point counterpoint for you guys lamont here's the point melba gonna make a run counterpoint from morgan north fremont all the way <laughs> so okay. uh lauren we talk about North Fremont and they are a very good talented team. Ben Lenz has been coaching the Huskies for ever, like since the late nineties, I feel like uh, always has his girls playing well. I feel bad for them because they got a really tough first round matchup here with a Melba team. That's really good. Yeah. And, and you know, you take a look at North Fremont's roster and it's a lot of names you recognize from up there in Ashton. You've got cherry lens, Two cherries, Stegelmeyer, Orm, S. Hill, uh, and two lenses on the team. And so a lot of uh, uh, really recognizable names up there. And Coach Lenz, he's a great coach. Um, played college basketball. Uh, the guy knows what he's doing. He's a great coach. He knows how to work and teach and get everything out of his basketball team that he can. And so they're going to be tough to beat. I know Melba, you know one of those top big three teams, if you will, and maybe they're they're ranked a little lower than they should be or seated a little lower. But I think that they're going to be in for a, a good matchup with the North Fremont Huskies. I didn't even think about this until we just were talking about Coach Len Ben Lenz is the coach at North Fremont. Dave Lenz is the coach at Melba. Paul, they're not rela related, are they? I don't think just, so. Just a coincidence, right? I, yeah. I, I've asked this question before. No. Okay. Interesting. Uh, for sure. Scott Burton says, is this the uh, GQ slash model broadcasting team? Sean says, uh, did you not see the five, a guys? <laughs> so there we go. Um, I Tom think, has, I think that's just sucking up because you know, he's not part of the crew. You know, he's just feeling bad a little bit. Yes. Tom's got a grievance from the five, a preview. Rigby should be the two seed in five, a, and that's the thing with max preps is we can all, we can all quibble about, you know, where teams were placed, but I think we all agree still at the end of the day, it's a lot better than what it used to be, which was just random assignments based on nothing. So, um, 
more or go ahead, Paul. Did you want to jump in there? Oh, I was just gonna say real quick. I mean, keep in mind Melba's the defending state champions, too. Yes. They also won it in 2021. So two in the last three years, like they're that they're a good team. Um, Coach Lenz is gonna have them going. That coach lens is gonna have them ready to play as well. Yep. I mean, no matter what, a coach lens will be happy after that first round matchup. Uh, just a matter of which one. (laughs) Yes. Lamont (laughs) says, I hear number 20 for Melba is super underrated. <laughs> probably Lincoln, I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Mallory. So, that, now Lincoln is, is I believe, Larry's daughter, right? Uh, you guys, have to let us know in the Larry. chat. We call him the Silver Fox. Uh, in fact, during the broadcast, and, and to be fair, Dave Lentz told me to say it during the broadcast to say, oh, yeah, it's his granddaughter. Okay. He's a, so He's got great, you know, silver, great guy, Larry. All he right. wrote me and said, he sent me an email and said, funny guy funny guy it was it was all dave but yeah it's his daughter okay well for melba if they if they get back to the championship game again they they're gonna have to earn it because if they get past north fremont in the first round lauren more than likely the number one seed grangeville is going to be waiting renee says go bulldogs great team and great coach what michelle barger has done for girls basketball in grangeville is nothing short of incredible she has worked with these girls from elementary age and had them develop those skills to where now when they get to high school, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. They've got a little bit of size. They've got tons of great athletes. They beat Cold Alley and Melba at the very start of the year. Um, They have played Sandpoint to overtime this year and lost. I mean, this to me is the overwhelming favorite, Lauren. Yeah, there's a few things that stand out to me. And the first is obviously the size of Madeline Green. I mean, she's 6'2". the information we got says she's averaging the most points in girls basketball this year at 18 points a game. And so in the, um, or in the two a, excuse me, in the two a, but the other thing is they've got four girls in double in double figures, averaging double figures on the season. I kind of looked at the other stats that we had, and there's a couple other teams in the two a that have two girls averaging double figures. And so just scoring alone, they're going to be a, a big load to handle and if they play that well together, it's going to be tough. You know, Kellogg is a tough draw for them as obviously they faced them already this year. But yeah, whoever, assuming Grangeville wins, whoever gets them in the second round, second game is going to be uh, in for a, a big eye-opening surprise. You know, and, yeah. and Grangeville has one senior. Yes. So watch out next year already, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, the one senior is Madeline Green or uh, Maddie yeah. Thacker, excuse me. And so, Thacker. yeah. And then uh, all the other players, including Green and Barger and Vanderwall, I mean, they all come yeah. back. So yeah, this is, it's been pretty impressive. I, I did the two-way consolation final last year where they lost to Ryrie, uh, basically came down to the final 30 seconds. Grangeville threw the ball away on a pass from like five feet away, just threw it out of bounds. Ryrie got the ball back, had three cracks at the basket and finally girl from Ryrie made it as she's falling on her backside to beat the buzzer so for Grangeville kind of a sour taste in their mouth I know they're motivated to go to state and deliver and you mentioned Kellogg they're going to play the Wildcats uh the number eight seed they just beat them in the district championship game 69 to 42 coach Barger says though Kellogg is a tough physical team that can cause some problems for people um I think maybe on the other side of the bracket it wouldn't surprise me to see Kellogg make a run but Man, having to play Grangeville right away again, Paul, that's a, that's a tough draw. Yeah, I got to watch uh, Kellogg play Ambrose in that playing game at McCall on Saturday, and uh, and they've got a lot of 
a lot of good players led by five seniors uh jerome she's i think she's about 970 points right now so she can play three games average 10 plus she might hit that thousand point uh mark in her senior year at state so that would be that would be great um you know the, the Groth cousins i mean they have a great team there in kellogg um they're tough they're gritty they're good shooters it'll be interesting to see if they can compete against grangeville like you said they played in the in the district uh championship they've also played what lauren two or three other times during the season and lost by 30 ish yeah. the other times so th they are definitely not strangers to each other Yep, and that's what makes the rematch tough for sure. Uh, we were asking about the uh, the Mallory Lincoln and and the the relation there. Chris says yes. Larry's daughter Mallory is a senior, number twenty for Melba. Here's Cade Sessions. Shout out to Taylor Sessions, number thirty three, and the North Fremont Huskies. And so we've kind of covered the top part of the bracket here. We'll put it up on the screen again with North Fremont and Melba, the four and five, Grangeville and Kellogg, the one and eight. Then we get to the bottom half of the bracket, and this is where things get interesting to me, guys. This is this to yeah. me is kind of wide open. Uh, let's start with the Bear Lake Bears, the number two seed, because Debbie giving them some love in the comments. Go Bear Lake. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised, Lauren, to see Bear Lake as the number two seed. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've been wrong about this team. I was beating the drum for Soda Springs all year, and we'll talk about them in a second. But Bear Lake, when it mattered most, beat them and, and snapped a, you know, I think it had been, I think I read that Bear Lake had actually won a state championship more recently than they had won a district championship, which is just crazy to think about Soda's run of dominance <laughs> down there in district yeah. five. Yeah. Soda has been the dominant team down there and, you know, Soda had their number early in the season, you know, they beat them twice in the regular season. Then like you mentioned, Bear Lake comes back and beats them twice um, to win the district championship. I mean, if I, I, believe I looked at it right they're 20 and three so as Bear Lake is on the season and so yeah it, you can't it's tough to argue with 20 to three 20 and three and say they shouldn't be the two seed now have they played the same competition well we're gonna find out um that's what the state tournament's all about we're gonna find out how they match up against the rest of the conferences but at 20 and three um they're they're on a, a winning streak coming out of district tournament they're gonna be a tough team to handle yeah, and uh, Debbie says, yes, I was wrong about Bear Lake. <laughs> Again, I, I went four and eight picking all the Saturday games. This yeah, that, Saturday. that was a rough, rough, that was a very rough day for you. It was. It was. Um, good thing I have uh, no shame or embarrassment. So, uh, so this Bear Lake team, um, really, I thought, built the foundation last year when they were at districts. They were the four seed, I believe, and they were playing the three seed Malad in a loser out game and Malad had beaten them in the regular season. But Bear Lake on that night upset Malad, knocked them out of the tournament and set the tone for a pretty young team, I thought. And now we're, we're seeing the fruit uh, of that labor. You know, Sadie Shaw is a great guard. Uh, Emery Walker is fantastic. Lily Crockett. I mean, they just have a lot of good at Taisley Neal. I mean, they just line up athletes and they're going to beat you up and down the floor. They want to make it a track meet. And so it's been pretty impressive on the other side of, you know, what we've got with Bear Lake. If we pull up the bracket again here, um, they got Declo, the seven seed and Paul, it is always hard for that district four champion because it's Declo or it's Wendell. Most right. years lately, it's deck low, but they always get a low seed because it's only a two-team district. Correct, and and I think deck lows come out of there 
this what the third time in a row. Um, and you're right, it's been before that. Um, but in in those five losses, I think it's five of those losses uh, were or with those five losses, two of them in overtime, one in double overtime. So those are three games right there that could have flipped the other way uh, pretty easily had a couple passes gone different or a couple shots gone in. You know, Cody Powers, um, great coach down there in his second year. He's actually out of Raft River, um, Olam. Um, good guy, and, and he runs a fun program. I, mean, I don't know if you're on social media much and see the, the Declo girls basketball team. They're always putting up pretty funny stuff, uh, pretty entertaining stuff. They're, they're having a good time there. And, and usually when you have a good time um, with, with your team, you bond, you click, and that translates well onto the court um, as they gel together. So uh, it's been 34 years since Declo has won state. Is it going to be this year? Maybe not, um, but I think they're going to come out and have a really good show. Yeah, that's the tough part is uh, they try to schedule, you know, in the non-conference as best as they can. They did play like, you know, a lot of the teams, Lauren, I think that they were relying on making it to state. Ryrie, Malad, Firth, all yeah. didn't make it. And yep. so for Declo, they don't have a lot of data against teams that actually made this state tournament field. Yeah, and Paul mentioned, you know, last time they won, it was 1990. I think Paul was like a junior in high school then. And so it's I, been a little while. Freshman, freshman oh, sorry. Yeah. Maybe a couple of years. But yeah. it's been a long time, but you're right. They don't have that data. And part of that is because of the conference they're in. Too, as you mentioned before, just that two-team conference—they really got to travel a lot, or you play some, try to play bigger schools around you, and they end up playing some smaller schools as well that are there close. So, a little unknown. You know, we talk about the North schools being unknown. Declo probably a little unknown in this two-a uh, bracket. Yep, and then we finally get to the three and the six. We've had some Soda Springs love here. Ryan says, "I wouldn't sleep on Soda." I've been banging the drum for the Cardinals all year. They've been pretty consistently. I vote in the media poll and, you know, I've, I've pretty consistently had soda Springs in my top five all year. When you look, you're going to go wow, 13 and 13. Well, that's not so great, but they schedule so aggressively. They play the best teams from, from Utah that they can go up against. They played sugar Salem. They played so many good quality teams. Um, and so it's, it's really, you, you got to look beyond that overall record. A couple of quick comments. Ryan says, I remember the Declo state championship. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, and Mallory in the chat as well, guys, Mallory says, you guys are doing a great job. Good info. Congrats to all teams that made it to state silver Fox. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad to see the great sportsmanship there. That's awesome. I like it. You know, and, and the one thing that, you know, and I, it's kind of the, I don't know. It's been talked about much, but you know, Matt Groning, the the coach at Soda, stepped in a month and a half ago. You know, how long have you been coaching there? About a month and a half. You know, they've gone through what three coaches in three years, and and you know, it's just kind of a revolving door. And Matt steps in. They had a losing record at the time, um, and he turns them around after the first of the year. Not only has a winning record through the rest of the season, but bam, gets into the state tournament. Um, so Coach Groning's got it. You know, he. Probably won't because I'm sure he's a pretty humble guy. He's got to take some credit for that. Um, not not only just you have to coach that, but you have to get the girls to buy into what you're doing as a coach stepping in midseason. That's hard. That 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 would be a very hard thing to do. So, you know, kudos to to Soda Springs, the whole team for for making it to state. And yet for Soda Springs, <laughs> the 
Cole Valley Christian is their reward. The number three seed overall that, that that's rough. Paul, they, the Cole Valley just won a district championship over Melba. Uh, they battled Grangeville pretty tight this year and Cole Valley's got really, you know, six players that are all capable of stepping up and leading the team in scoring on any given night. It's a deep team for coach Matt Beglinger. Well, and, and Tessa Orcutt, who was out most of the season with a, a bad sprain, she's back. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of a little uh, dark horse coming in. You know, their defensive IQ is off the charts. Uh, I, I've watched them play as well. Uh, Fraz, four-year starter, you know, 15 points a game, seven boards. You know, three of their players are shooting over 30% from three-point line. They're one of those teams that if they're shooting well, you will not beat them. You, you just won't. And if they're not shooting well, they've got the size to go inside in the defense to uh, to get more possessions for their offense. So, yeah, Matt Beglinger's got himself a, a pretty darn good basketball team this year. Yeah, and Froz did go over 1,000 points in her career uh, earlier this year. Um, Chris reminds us all, hey, Soto was runner-up last year. Uh, Yanetti Garbett is a great player, and we're going to get to Nettie yep. in just a second here. Everly says 22 years in a row. Soda has been to state, which is just right. remarkable. It's what we talked about. Bear Lake has won a state championship more recently than a district championship until this year, which is yeah. just remarkable. And so, and Soda, you know, earned it via the play in game over West Jefferson. West Jay gave him a tough game actually until kind of the final moments of the fourth quarter. Let's take a look at our two a players to watch. We picked one from every team, just kind of a jumping off point to get the discussion started here. We have Sadie Shaw from Bear Lake, Hadley Fraz from Cold Valley Christian, Lily Mallory from Declo, Madeline Green, the 6-2 forward from Grangeville, Macy Jerome from Kellogg, Brooklyn Daly from Melba. She crossed the 1,000-point mark in her career earlier this year. Josie Richardson from North Fremont was the IdahoSports.com player of the game in the Huskies' district championship win over West Jefferson. And then Nettie Garbett from Soda Springs. Lauren Give me one player you're excited to watch from this list. That's tough to have to narrow it down to one, but I mean, yeah. cause you've got some prolific scores there, you know, four or five of them in that, in that group. But for me, that soda Springs coal Valley game is really interesting to me. Like it's hard to, but Nettie Garbett going up against Froz, those two against each other in that opening, you know, that night game on Thursday is going to be a fun one to watch. I'm excited to see both of those girls play. Paul? Yeah, I mean, Garbett, we've seen her play at State, uh, and she's an exciting player. If, I'm, if you want me to narrow it down to two, I'm going to go Hadley Frost just because she's fun to watch. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull one out maybe you weren't thinking of. Macy Jerome of Kellogg. Like I said, I was I was at McCall and watched them play on Saturday. She's a fun player to watch. Uh, she does a little bit of everything. She had, I think, three three-pointers in that game, had 19 points. Uh, she she really led that team. And so I'm really anxious to watch her uh, play against that Grangeville team and see how she can step it up and therefore uh, elevating uh, her teammates as well. So M Macy, Jerome, Hadley, Frost, those are my two I'm going to be watching. For the record, I asked you to narrow it down to one. Both of you have failed the assignment, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just give me the hard time. Numbers are I, hard. I never listened to you, so <laughs> I, I thought you said four, so I, I stopped it too. Yeah, it's all good. Here's Chris. Brooklyn Daly has been the starting point guard for Melba all four years. Two state championships already. 
Does she make it three? Time for championship predictions, Paul. What do you got? Well, real, real quick, before we do championship predictions, um, I was at, I think it was at Melba when, when, when we did that game, um, but Brooklyn was our player of the game, um, and she's another one of those players that can put on a show. Yeah. Uh, B. Daly, number 23, shifting, and here's JJ. Yeah, Daly is legit from Melba. So, uh, Paul, what, what do you got for a championship matchup and winner? You know, I, I was behind the scenes watching the 5A when I watched you do these predictions, and I'm like, oh, crap. Because uh, <laughs> now, at, at CUNA, well, at CUNA, we're sitting in the stands, and so everyone's around us. And so, well, if we're going to piss off eight other teams or six other teams, is what we're going to do. Here's the okay, here's the disclaimer I always say when we make picks and stuff. All right. It's not that we hate your school or your team, these are just for fun. And we love to be wrong. If we're wrong about your team or your school, we'll come back and wear it. Let us and know. In your case, you usually are. I, I've been <laughs> taking heat all night, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Grangeville comes out the top. Okay. okay? And I'm going to say Cold Valley comes out of the bottom. Grangeville, Cold Valley, championship. I, I saw it when I was I was watching the Instagram feed, uh, feed of this show, and I saw the Grangeville Bulldog account was watching. So I know they're watching. Love you guys. I'm going to pick Cold Valley. <laughs> I got to pick Cold Valley. <laughs> but I just want to say I recognize that you're here, and I appreciate it. And I could be wrong. Your you never contenders. <laughs> they played. <laughs> they, yes. they they played uh, almost three months ago to the day, November 11th, 66-62. Grangeville won that game at home. What happens yeah. on a neutral floor, we'll find out. Yep. Um, Lauren? Okay. Do you, do you have, oh, and here's, hey, Coach Michelle oh. Barger from Grangeville. <laughs> yes. I mean, Grangeville. Go, Grangeville. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Lauren, before you make yeah. your pick, Jamie is here to tell us North Fremont Huskies have no problem shocking you all. So what do you got, okay. Lauren? Well, they, she might be right, but and I might be wrong, but I'm picking Grangeville out of the top half as well. But I'm going to go with an upset coming out of the bottom half. I'm going to pick Soda Springs to get to the championship against Grangeville. Paul's laughing at me already. I can see it in his face. <laughs> hey, it could happen. <laughs> but between those two, that's who I'm going to have in the championship game, but we're going to go with Grangeville to win it all. I hope okay. it does because that, that makes for an exciting state tournament when upsets happen, right? Yeah. Okay. Unless you're Cole Valley and then you don't hope that that happens. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one team can end the season truly happy, and that's whoever wins that blue trophy at state. So, all right, 2A state tournament at CUNA High School. Paul and Lauren will be on the call for it for IdahoSports.com. Totally free, totally live to tune in and listen. So, gentlemen, thank you. Clay Hatfield has been patiently waiting. He's doing this thing where he's drumming his fingers, just waiting <laughs> to see if to see if he's ready to go on for our. 1A D1 state tournament preview. And hey, Ty Kep in the chat as well. All state quarterback and basketball right. extraordinaire for Kendrick. We're going to get to the Kendrick Lady Tigers here in just a little bit as well, Ty. So keep hanging out with us. All right. Up next, though, it's our 1A D1 state tournament preview. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. As Idahoans, we're not afraid to take risks. Woo! 
All the way, all the way. Driving under the influence is not a risk we're willing to take. Be around to do more of what you love. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. Time to bring on Clay Hatfield. He's going to be on the play-by-play for all of the 1AD1 Girls State Tournament action. Clay, thank you for waiting so patiently. We appreciate Absolutely, it. man. No worries. No worries. And to all of my 1AD1 fans out there as well, thank you for waiting so patiently. We've had such good discussion tonight that we've run a little bit behind schedule. But if you are a 1AD1 fan and you've got a team, a player, a coach you want to shout out, uh, throw it in the comments. We'll throw it up on the screen because we want to hear from you, the fans. Let's start, Clay, by taking a look at this bracket, and then we'll kind of dissect it here. But here's the matchups, and this will take place at Columbia High School in Nampa Right away at noon, four versus five, Murtaugh against Prairie. It's followed by number one, Grace, and number eight, Rimrock uh, at two o'clock on Thursday. Then the two and seven, it's Oakley and Liberty Charter at five o'clock Thursday. And then the nightcap, Lapway and Valley, three versus six. Clay, what's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket? Um, the first one, Rimrock is an eight seed. I mean, they have to... Uh... They have to be a little bit disappointed in that, considering they were the uh, they were the district champions, and they beat Liberty Charter for that title. And Liberty Charter got a higher seed than they did, so Rimrock might have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder right now. Yeah, and Rimrock is one of those teams that just historically always seems to find a way to state. Kyla Jewett, the coach for Rimrock, does a fantastic job with a small school, small program, yeah. always gets the absolute most out of her players and uh yeah clay rimrock's like hey what the heck we just beat liberty charter for the district championship we were told that district tournament results would factor into the max preps rankings but apparently it yeah. still wasn't enough to push him over the hump yeah it doesn't look like it and and that may that may make that grace rimrock game a lot closer than some people might think yeah, and so Grace on the other side of the coin does come in as the number one seed, and this is a team kind of like Rimrock. They're used to being at state every year. It wasn't that long ago that they won the whole enchilada. They've got such a great coach in Kyle Christensen and yeah. just a good program and just littered with athletes, and they're tall. That's the one thing I yeah. worry about with Rimrock is can they match up with this height that Grace has? And that could be that could be the downfall for Rimrock in this game is being able to match up with the size that Grace is going to bring, and trying to figure out a way to shut down the uh, the three seniors that are going to be playing for Grace with Sydney Smith, Melody Stratman, and J.C. Christensen. You know how do you shut down all three of those players? Yeah, and Smith's five ten, Stratman's five eleven, Yost six one. I mean that is yeah. that's a tall, imposing front line. For sure. And yet, you know, Rimrock's got a little a little secret. You know, they've got a pretty good player that not a lot of people know about, Ashton Moore. She can walk into the gym and get 20 pretty easily. Uh, and so I think for Rimrock, this is an exciting time for them because outside of their district, I don't think a lot of people know really what's going on at Rimrock this year. So this is their big chance. Yeah, yeah. and they look at that number eight seed. A lot of people would look at that number eight seed, the eight versus one, and just write Rimrock off right away you know, as being the, the big underdog. And I'm not ready to do that just yet. Grace did go out and schedule pretty aggressively this year. Yeah. They did They did beat Soda Springs twice, which is a 2A state participant. 
They did beat Murtaugh by six early in the season. That's a potential semifinal matchup we could see. They split with Bear Lake, who's the number two seed in the 2A bracket. They played Sugar Salem. They played some good teams from Utah. Uh, they even had a New Year's Day. Did you hear about this, Clay? On New Year's Day, January 1st, Grace and Oakley played at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City, oh, yeah. home, of the, yeah. home of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I do. I do remember seeing that. And what a what an amazing experience for them to be able to do that. Yeah. And now, you know, Oakley is also in this bracket. And wouldn't that be a cool match? Hey, could we petition Clay if it's if it's Grace and Oakley in the championship? Can we can we go back to the Delta Center? We'll send you over there. uh, I'd be game. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I wouldn't have any problem with that as long as the boss paid for the trip. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So yeah, you know, Grace and Rimrock, you know, Grace probably advances there, but but who do they play? Here's Jesse in the chat. Murtaugh. This is a Murtaugh team that finally got over the hump. They're they're in that four or five matchup. Uh, they've got four seniors, Ashley Stanger, Addie Stanger, Briley Widmere, and Courtney Jensen. And they all they all got to state as freshmen, Clay. And then you know, you're like, hey, this was pretty cool. Let's yeah, let's do it every year. Well, when you're in a district with Oakley and Raft River and Valley and Cary and all these really good teams, getting to state's really hard. So they missed out their sophomore years, took third. They missed out their junior year, took third. This year, finally, they get over the hump. They're back at state. And now these four seniors are back to finish the job, as it were. But standing in their way, pretty good first-round matchup here against Prairie, which is also a perennial power in the 1A-D1 circuit. Prairie is always, always here at this point in the season, it seems like. Um, you know, and they're they're a younger team prairies this year with only the one senior on the uh, on the roster with Allie Geis. And at state for the 14th consecutive year. So this is a team that has a lot of experience coming in against a Murtaugh team that hasn't been to the tournament but twice in the last almost 30 years. Yeah. And so for Murtaugh, you wonder are and and a lot of these girls are used to getting a state in volleyball, so they're you know state volleyball is, you know, but basketball is a little different than volleyball. Yeah. The hoop can look a little bigger. <laughs> Murtaugh's got a really good coach in Todd Jensen. He yeah. won multiple state championships at Sugar Salem before moving on to Murtaugh. But man, I just something tells me you know you never want to bet against Prairie and Coach Lori Mater this time of year. No, absolutely not. And that is that's one of my first round upsets, I think, right there. I think uh, I think Prairie has the advantage over Murtaugh. It's gonna be a good game. It's a great way to open up the tournament, but I like Prairie in that five four matchup. Yeah, the key is, you know, Prairie can bog down sometimes offensively. Lexi Schumacher, uh, their point guard is a fantastic player, but if she's not in a rhythm, it can be hard for them sometimes. You know, Prairie is a team that that averaged 55 points per game this year. But, you know, all you have to do is look at their most recent district tournament. I mean, look at the championship against Lapway. 39 yeah. to 27 was the final score. Yeah. Clay. yeah. You know, Prairie's switched it up a little bit this year, playing defense when they have to, you know, against a, against a Lapway team that, that seems like they could almost score at will at times. And to be able to hang with them in a defensive battle like that, I think says a lot about this Pirates team. They can score and they can also shut down on defense. Yeah, so the key for this Murtaugh Prairie game, I really think, is the the height, right? You've got the Stangers for Murtaugh, who are great inside players, but 
Prairie starts three girls that are 5'10". Allie Geis, who you mentioned, the lone senior. Sage Elvin, who's a sophomore. And then Kylie Schumacher, who's a sophomore. And if those sophomores can can compete inside against the seniors from Murtaugh, I mean, that just boosts Prairie that much more. It's going to be really – that, to me, is the most interesting first-round matchup of yeah. any of any yeah. of these games, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. I think that's going to be the one to watch. All right, let's go to the bottom half of the bracket here. Let's start with Lapway and Valley, the three and the six seed. We did have a shout-out for the Valley Vikings in the chat here. Ryan says, shout-out to the Valley Vikings. Good luck at State. If there was a quote-unquote Cinderella team, I think it would have to be this Valley oh, team. Oh, yeah. They, you know, uh, they oh, took ahead. the long way to get there. They picked this toughest path they could to uh, to make it to the play, to make it to state, but they did it. Congratulations to them. All year long, the the talk in in the the Magic Valley had been well, Oakley and Murtaugh and Raft River. Right, those are the big three. Raft River's the defending one AD one state champs. They beat Oakley in the championship game last year, and this Murtaugh team's really good. And District 4, after years and years and years of only getting two bids, got two and a half this year. So whoever took third was going to have a chance to get to state via the play-in game. And we're like, oh, sweet. Okay, Oakley, Murtaugh, Raft River. They all have a shot now. Well, yeah. somebody forgot to tell Valley. They knocked out Raft River in the fourth place game at Districts. And so Raft River can't even defend their title. And so here's Valley in their place. They win the play-in game on Saturday against Lakeside, the District 1 champions. And this is a team now kind of playing with house money. Oh, absolutely. They got nothing to lose at all. They're going into it. This is their first appearance in the uh, Division 1A. Is it? Is that true? Division 1A district or Division 1A1? Yeah, so they were 2A for a while, and then yeah. they, they bounced back up and down. Oh, since 2017. They're first since 2017. Yeah. So, so. it's been seven years since they've, since they've made it here. And, I mean, why not? Go up and see what you can do against this tough Lapway team. Now, Ryan acknowledges tough first-round draw for the Vikings. Yes, understandably so. But, you know, this time last year, Lapway came into the tournament and and basically it, it had been decided. Hey, you know, Lapway's the defending champs. They're going to win it again this year. They've steamrolled everybody. Well, somebody forgot to tell Oakley that. Oakley put on one of the all-time great defensive clinics in the semifinals, knocked out Lapway. So it can be done. I mean, Prairie just held them to 39 points in the district championship game. So if Valley can tighten up the D and force some turnovers, they're going to have a shot. Yeah. And, and Lapway can get frustrated if the, if the game's not going their way, they can tend to try to force things a little bit. You know, we saw it last year um, in state where things just didn't go their way and they kind of lost their, uh, their mojo as it were. And the wheels came off a little bit for them. You know, there were a couple injuries in the, uh, in the tournament that they had to overcome. But if, if Valley can get under Lapway's skin a little bit, they might pull the upset off. And I think people were quick to dismiss Lapway a little bit this year. The big storyline in the offseason was senior Jordan McCormick-Marks and her younger sister, sophomore Jalen McCormick-Marks, both starters on last year's Lapway team. Well, they, they crossed the border, and now they're playing for Clarkston High School in Washington. So they're gone. And so everyone was like, well, geez, there goes Lapway's, you know, two two of their better players. They're probably going to take a step back. Well, what happened is the rest of the girls that did come back fortified around each other to the point where I I couldn't tell you who, you know, who the number one player to stop for Lapway is. Some nights it's Skyland Parish. Some nights it's uh, uh, Amazon George. Some nights it's Jaden Layton, the center inside. Yep. Shubila Mitchell 
you know, nearly had a double double on that district championship game for that boy. They're a tough team to defend now. They're just they're deep. They have five players, you know, five starters that on like you said, on any given night, it can be their night. Um, you know, and they we saw them go out and beat Melbourne earlier this year. So they're they're a legitimate team. You know, they have to be if they're at state for the 24th, 24th straight year. I mean, it's it's not it's not by coincidence, it's not by luck, it's by you know, it's almost a tradition for the Lapway Wildcats to make it to state. And they're back again this year looking to maybe looking for a little redemption from last year's last year's upset. And also lost in the shuffle of Jalen and Jordan McCormick Marks transferring to Clarkson is their their mom, Ada Marks, had been the yeah. coach. Uh, and she's uh, obviously now just being a mom and following her daughters. And so uh, yeah. Josh Layton Jr., longtime assistant now steps into the head coaching role. He's also the head football coach at Lapway also. And so it's pretty remarkable how the, you know, the, the machine just keeps rolling. Ryan says 24 years in a row for Lapway. That's unreal. And you mentioned 2017 was the last time they made it as a one eight D one school. Ryan does note in 2021, they did make the two a state tournament as well. One of those years where they were ping pong and back and forth. Um, so that's an interesting first round matchup. And then we've got the two versus seven here, Clay, where it's Oakley. Actually, that's the D2 bracket, Oakley and Liberty Charter. Now, Liberty Charter is a team that always gets to state. They've been like yeah. nine, 10 years in a row, but they have never gotten out of that first round. How do they solve that Rubik's Cube? Oh, man. Against Oakley? Um <laughs> They're going to have to come out and play one of the games of the season. Um, you know, they're going to be playing a little bit down, having dropped the uh, District 3 title to Rimrock. So they're going to have to figure out a way to get past that loss and just focus on an Oakley team that's going to be that's going to be tough to beat. It's going to be very tough to beat. And Oakley, I really feel like, you know, if I was a Hollywood writer, um, and and was writing a script like Oakley would be my champion because two years ago Clay they get to state they have to play Raft River right away in the first yeah. round and and they they lose a tight game and then last year they they beat Lapway in the semifinals the big heavy tournament favorite they go sweet we're in the championship who are we playing oh Raft River cool (laughs) now they're back third year in a row with a new coach Kristen jones in her first year coaching ref river's not here this time yeah great news (laughs) right (laughs) i really do i do like oakley um coming out of this bottom half of the bracket you know if they play lapway again second year in a row in the semis what a fantastic battle that would be i'm excited for that Oakley just has, they've been in a lot of close games this year. Lapway's had a lot of easy games. Uh, Oakley has been battle tested. In fact, I mean, they beat Murtaugh in the district championship by like a point. I mean, Cambry Beck had the game winning shot, little 15 footer with like 18 seconds to go. And they've just been battle tested and they just find a way to win time and again. Yeah. And, you know, and against the Liberty Charter School, I don't want to dismiss Liberty Charter at all, but that's, that's just going to be a tough road to hoe there for the Patriots, I think. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say for Liberty Charter is maybe they get a little motivation because they had beaten Rimrock in the regular season pretty convincingly, Clay, yeah. forty-two to twenty, and then they they turn around and lose thirty-three to thirty in the district title match, and so maybe that gets them refocused and and re-energized. 
Yeah, and and you know what? It could be one of those things that Oakley's looking ahead a little bit, maybe a lapway matchup in the semifinals, and Liberty Charter sneaks up on him and pulls off the upset. A lot of these girls, Clay, I did the 1AD1 tournament three years ago for IdahoSports.com, and a lot of these names, I mean, I recognize Lydia Bailey, Jennebelle Reese, uh, Aspen Davis, um, you know, Sophie Criddle, uh, her, her brother Dallin Criddle was a really yeah. good player for the boys team. Um, so again, they've been to state. That's not the problem. The problem is getting out of that first round. Yeah. And it really, it's a district three thing in general, right? Yes, generally, generally, since we've gone to max preps, the two teams from district three are generally like seated seventh and eighth, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, and again, for Rimrock, it's a little unfortunate. You'd think a, a district champ might be rated a little bit higher than that, but, uh, you know, district three has something to prove this year. And we'll see if they can get it done and, and navigate their way through. It will be tough, though. Let's take a look at our 1A D1 players to watch here, Clay. We picked one from every school. So we've got Sydney Smith from Grace. She was the IdahoSports.com player of the game, and the Grizzlies district championship win over Butte County. QB Law Mitchell from Lapway, double-digit rebounds in that district championship game over Prairie. Jennibel Reese from Liberty Charter. Addie Stanger from Murtaugh. Cambry Beck from Oakley hit the game-winning shot in the district championship game. Lexi Schumacher from Prairie, Ashton Moore from Rimrock, Lexi Hudig from Valley. Give me one player that you're really excited to watch. You know, I really am excited to see Addie Stanger from Murtaugh. You know, this this team scores almost 60 points a game um, to lead all 1AD1 schools, and I'm excited to see what she can do in this tournament, especially opening up against a tough Prairie team. Yeah, Uh, we've got here in the uh in the comments here uh from jenny moore at she loves ashton moore from (laughs) i'm telling you she is a walking bucket she can shoot it from anywhere on the floor she's going to be a fun one to watch too for rimrock yeah absolutely yeah yeah all right clay let's let's get an official on the record championship prediction i'll pull up the bracket again here who do you like in the championship who do you like to win oh dang I hate doing this alone because I don't have anybody to help me think this through. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like Prairie upsetting Grace in the semifinals to make it to the championship. And I like Oakley in that lower part of the bracket. I'm looking at a, at a 2-5 matchup for the trophy. I love it. You got, And you got somebody you're leaning towards for the dub? I think Oakley's this year. I think it's their year this year. I like I like the Hornets. Okay. I, th- I mean, if this were Hollywood, I mean, that would be the one I think yeah, would be okay. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if it's a magical ending or not for the Oakley Hornets. Clay, looking forward to your call of the 1AD1 state tournament. Get started Thursday from Columbia High School. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, all right. We'll wrap it up with our 1AD2 state tournament preview right after this break. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. Dear all-wheel drive, let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. But it's just water vapor, right? Vapes don't make vapor, they produce an aerosol. These particles include toxins and chemicals that can cause lung disease and cancer. Be smart, don't start. 
Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com 2024 Girls Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. It is time to talk 1A D2 Girls Hoops, and we've brought in the third member of ZZ Top to assist us. It's Glenn Jones. What's going on, Glenn? Uh-oh, your mic's muted, buddy. You got to... <laughs> You got to unmute your mic, Glenn. <laughs> How's that? Let's oh, there we go. Great music. <laughs> yes. Well, I had the guitar going in the background, so I had to mute you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it sounded great, I'm sure. Uh, you know what? Just before we get started, as the oldest member of the IdahoSports.com broadcasting crew, I'd like to put in an official protest for going last and keeping me up to, well, it's darn near 10 o'clock. So I do you can pass that along to Paul because I'm afraid to talk to him. I will. Uh, I will submit something to the complaint file uh, at <laughs> HQ. I do. I do apologize. Not, not to you, Glenn. I don't really care about you, but I apologize. No, I'm just kidding. I apologize to the one. I apologize to all the one AD two fans that had to sit a little longer as we got we got behind schedule because we've just. We've had some really stimulating conversation about every single state tournament, and this is what it's all about. So, you know, the word the words bloviate comes to mind when those others were starting to talk. So I'm I'm not sure. I'm here to get us back on schedule. <laughs> uh, that that ship has sailed, my friend. So we'll we'll just uh, navigate through this as as we can. Ryan's a big fan, though. Thoroughly enjoyed the preview show. Thanks, gentlemen, and IdahoSports.com. Thank you, Ryan. And we want to hear for we want to hear from all the one AD two fans. If you've got a player, a coach, a team you want to give a shout out to, throw it in the comments. We will throw it up on the screen. But for now, let's throw up that 1AD2 bracket, Glenn. Here's the breakdown. Nampa High School will host these games uh, right away, noon on Thursday, four versus five, Deary and Mackey. That's followed by number one, Dietrich, and number eight, Rockland, Thursday at two o'clock. Kendrick, the two seed, will play Ledor, the seven seed, Thursday at five. And then it's three versus six district rivals, Council and Salmon River in the final game at seven o'clock. What's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket, Glenn? The first thing that jumps out at me, Brandon, is, is you look at league play, Mackey, Ledor, Rockland, finish one, two, three. They're in the tournament. Kendrick and Deary finished one, two. They're in the tournament. Council and Salmon River finished one, two. They're in the tournament. Dietrich won theirs. They're in the tournament. We have everybody here that is supposed to be here. And, you know, one of the one of the things I want to comment on real quickly, when we talk about upsets, that, that always has not sat well with me because we're talking the top eight teams in the entire state of Idaho. So can you really call it an upset? When you're when you get to the state tournament, you're facing number one tough competition because you got the top eight teams there. Number two, you're facing teams you've never faced before. That's a little different. Number three, um, anything can happen in the tournament, as we've seen all those crazy things happen. And you can take the word upset and throw it out the window. Okay, Glenn is upset with the word upset. upset. <laughs> Hey, one second. Oh, all right. We lost Glenn. Uh, here's what I will say uh, in the chat. We do have Mary Lou. Go Lady Tigers. Uh, I'm going to guess that's the Kendrick Tigers. Um, but we also had a really good, 
That's not a tiger. That's a dog. That's not a dog. It's not a bulldog, but it's a dog. (laughs) Yes. On the couch. I apologize, but he's recovering from back surgery and we're not supposed to let him jump. So I'm going to set him down. You'll probably hear him whine in the background because he wants to do something. That's all right. Um, Okay. So we've got more uh, comments rolling in here. Shauna says, go Deary Mustangs. Amanda says, go Rockland. And then here's Ryan. Great point, Glenn, talking about upsets. You know, we just use that because there's numbers next to the name. But uh, yeah, for sure. It, it's a really even tournament top to bottom. Here's Jamie. Go Lady Miners. That's Matt. Everybody watching here. This is awesome. We got a little bit of everybody invested. Pretty good representation amongst all the schools. Let, let's start with that, that number one seed. It's Dietrich. And all year, in my mind, the clear kind of top three teams have been Dietrich and Richfield, who was in Dietrich's district and right. didn't get to state. And then, and then Kendrick and then kind of Deary. It's, it's kind of this group of four that all came from the same two districts. Dietrich does get the one seed. They've got to play rock. I mean, when you look on paper, you go Rockland and eight seed. That just doesn't compute with me, but uh, for Dietrich out of the gates. That's a tough draw. I think, you know, everybody else had talked about the eight versus one have nothing to nothing to lose, everything to gain, and that's true here too. With the with any eight seed against a number one seed, a really tough draw. But Rockland, <clears throat> they've been to this tournament like eight years in a row. Something incredible that they go year after year after year. Now, what happened three years ago doesn't re- it really affect this team because all those players are gone and we have new players. But that experience at least from the last couple of years, used to have, you have girls that are now on this team and just a tremendous amount of experience and you can't put anything quantitative on that. It's something that it, it's an innate thing that experience really helps you in games like this. And you're on the road, you're sleeping in a motel, playing three games in a row, really different. But that, that first one, Dietrich Rockland, Dietrich needs to come out and I think – and play and make a statement right away. Even though they're the number one seed, Rockland's going to be a, a, a tough matchup. One of the things Rockland has going against it is their bench strength. They're, they're very, very, very thin on the bench, and if they get into foul trouble, it's going to be a long uh, morning or afternoon, rather. Yes, and for Rockland, they did have to defeat Clark Fork, the Wampus Cats, the champions from District 1 in the state play-in game, a game that we had live on IdahoSports.com this past Saturday. It was close for a half, and then Rockland kind of you know, put on the afterburners in the second half and won 53-32. These teams did play, Glenn, way back at the start of the season, November 14th. Dietrich, or excuse me, uh, November 16th. Dietrich won that night by 20. 52 to 32. So Dietrich does have maybe a little momentum going their way and they've got kind of all the requisites of what you would look at in terms of a championship contender, right? They've got good size and rebounding with, um, you know, Jessica power underneath. They've got good guard play from Ellie Hoskison and uh, Aliyah Robertson. They've got solid defense from Sage Hubert. This is a really good, complete Dietrich team. It really is a good Dietrich team. They're only giving up 33 points per game over the season, averaging 52. So they can do it on both ends of the court. They have people who can score. They have people that can play defense. What I'm interested always in in seeing is how the transition game's going, how you can get those 
those transition buckets on moving the offense and not even setting up and getting down there and scoring two points, Rockland's going to have to do a little bit of that if they're going to be able to stay in uh, with Dietrich, in in my opinion. In terms of the coaching, Rick Estelle's been coaching Dietrich for, for a long time. Rockland, uh, their longtime coach, Vern Nelson, he had coached him for 20 years plus. Yes. He retired. Now it's a new Jordan Black is the new coach. She's leading kind of a new era for Rockland girls basketball here as well. Let's talk about that five versus four matchup right above Dietrich and Rockland. Um, two district champ or a, a district runner up Deary, the four seed against a district champion from Mackey. I actually think the seeding is right here. I would say Deary is based on what happened in the regular season, one of the four best teams. Now, Mackey, of course, is going to be motivated to prove that wrong, but this to me is one of the toughest games to gauge in this opening round. It, it is a really tough game to gauge, and I, I look at this as a slugfest, both these teams coming out trying to make a statement down low. But having said that, I think a little bit opposite of you, Brandon, I think Mackey um, is going to have a big chip on their shoulder. They won their conference. Not only did they win their conference, they were undefeated in conference play. And so you turn around and you go, what else do you want us to do? We're, we're not one of the top four teams. We got the four conferences. We won ours, and we're the five seed. You know, that's – that that's as, as uh, one of the guys was saying earlier, that's bulletin board material. Oh, that's you, bulletin board Bainey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, no, no shortage. I, I'm glad to supply Mackie with some bulletin board material. Here's Jeff in the chat. Go Mackie. Uh, you know, Mackie did play Dietrich earlier this year and fell. They, they lost to Richfield as we talked about a really good team. That's right. not here at state. Um, and yet since a loss to Butte County on January 8th, they have rolled. Now it's been all conference play, but they have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row coming into this state tournament. They've got a lot of good athletes. Uh, they've got. I had it at eight, eight in a row, but I could be wrong. No, you're probably. I don't know how to count. That's probably right. <laughs> we'll go with that, eight. In a row. That's pretty good. If you got a win streak like that going, um, a lot can be said for momentum coming into the tournament and. You know, you just need momentum to carry into that first game, and then you let the momentum from the first game dictate what happens for the next game. Mackey has four seniors, but they also get a lot of production from this group of sophomores. You look at Danica Seafried and Alyssa Pearson and, and Mikkel Holt uh, are all great athletes, um, and then it pairs nicely with those four seniors, uh, you know, like Cadence Seafried and and uh, Austin Wazilo and – Alyssa Hawley. And, and so it's a nice blend of seniors and sophomores, almost kind of like the perfect combination there for coach Josh Pearson. It is. And I think when I looked at all these teams and granted, I'm in the Boise area and there's not a whole lot of one AD two teams in my, in my neighborhood, but looking at these teams and how they scored and how they got there, I think Mackey has probably one of the more balanced teams out there. And, the, and the, that could go a long way um, in determining how far down into this tournament that they do go. Yep. We've got Michelle Peterson in the chat. Go Mackie won their conference over highly ranked Ledor and Rockland. And I believe their boys basketball team got a one point win over Showban tonight at districts as well. So a good night to be a Mackie minor. There you there. go. The Mackie miners digging it. 
<laughs> for sure. Well, let's talk about Deary on the other side, this four seed. Um, this is a Deary team that's no stranger at getting to state. Uh, famously, I think it was two years ago, Deary and Kendrick had to play each other in the first round, and Deary knocked out Kendrick uh, in a quote-unquote upset. <laughs> I know you hate that word. Um, <laughs> Deary, Deary doesn't have a lot of players, but the players they do have are phenomenal. It starts with really uh, the two seniors, Kennedy Kirk and Araya Wood, basically four-year varsity players and just the prototypical leaders you would want in a program. That's exactly who you want. And, and I'm going to talk about leadership a little later, but we might as well do it now. Leadership is tantamount to coming out on this tournament and winning. The problem I see with Deary is after those two seniors, everybody else is very, very, very young. And you come into a state tournament like this with all the pressures we talked about and all the different variables we talked about. Can those seniors pick up those sophomores and freshmen and pull them along with them? That's going to be the one of the keys that I'm going to be looking at in this uh, um, Deary-Mackey matchup. Deary has lost uh, seven times this year. They lost three times to Kendrick, twice to Prairie. So five of the seven losses right there. They also lost to Troy and Genesee, which are mm-hmm. D1 schools. Um, they lost to Kendrick by a point, and then they lost to Kendrick by eight, and then they lost to Kendrick again in the district championship by eight. So I just, I don't know. They're, I think they're pretty battle-tested for sure. But it's going to be an interesting top half of the bracket there. Let's get to the bottom. Here's Ryan in the chat. People discounted Council after a couple early losses, but Hope Zolman was out with a concussion. They are playing well now and, of course, are the defending champs. Go <laughs> Lumberjacks. Yes, we have kind of all forgotten about Council. If you can, forget about a defending state champion, Glenn. Well, you can't, number one. <laughs> but we did. We all did. <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody. Council, um, you know, a little bit later, I'm going to talk – a little bit more about council, but right now in this game, this is, it's a tough matchup for council and it's a tough matchup for Sam and river. Both. They know each other very well. They play each other every single year, multiple times every year, see each other in the district, sometimes see each other in the state tournament. You know, are there any new wrinkles that they haven't seen before? Probably not. So this is really going to be a slugfest of two teams who know how they each, each, how the other person dances and who's going to have the best moves out there on the court. Um, this is going to be a key game right here. So they split in the regular season. Yeah. Salmon River did beat Council in December by 8, 53-45. That was part of that stretch where they didn't have Hope Zolman. But everybody else was there. And then in the rematch, Council had kind of clicked and gotten it together. They won 67-41. to 41. Okay, that's pretty convincing. And yet... This is another team kind of like Deary. They don't have a ton of players, Sam and River, but the ones they do are, are, are pretty good. And same with Council, right? Council doesn't have a ton of players either, but the ones they have are really good. So who can stay out of foul trouble might be a key, not just in this first round, but you know through the course of the tournament also. Yeah, always foul trouble is, is absolutely key. And then you start digging deep down into your bench the benches of, of Salmon River, especially, and then Council a little bit as well, could come into play. But, you know, Council is, I believe, the second leading scoring team in the 1A D2. 
I believe they are. They're they're a, they're really good on offense. On all the teams in the tournament in defense, when you talk about Deary and Kendrick and Ledor and Mackey and all the others, Council is the eighth ranked team in the state tournament. Not to say that, that their defense is not good, but of the eight teams, they are ranked last. Yep. Second best offense. You're right. Only behind Kendrick, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, obviously, Council, Hope Zolman, Rihanna, uh, Rihanna Iveson. Uh, they've got uh, Cora Bingham, a junior who, uh, you know, provides some spark off the bench. The key to their championship win last year, Michaela Hart, you know, mm-hmm. the, the six foot post, she moved to Tri Valley and took her younger sister with her. So that's something Council doesn't have this year. Tri Valley's not here, though. Sam and River took out Tri Valley in the basically the third place game at districts. And this is a Salmon River team, Glenn, that, you know, there was a little bit of, a little bit of controversy around Salmon River at districts in terms of. There was. There was. Thought- we can't hide from that. You know, we all know what happened. Didn't show for whatever reason. We don't care about the reason, but I think Salmon River, you talk about a chip on their shoulder. They blasted through the loser's bracket and said, baby, we're going to state. And guess what? They're here. And right out of the chute. <laughs> They draw council. I saw that, and I just started chuckling, going, man, oh, man, this is going to be some fireworks on the floor. I can't wait for Gary and I to be there to watch it. You know, and um, Gary has all those council ties. My oldest child was born in council. That's the first town I moved to uh, when I moved to Idaho was Council, Idaho. So I, I know that town well, and I know the people there and friends with a lot of them. It's a great community, and Salmon River as well. And th- this is going to be a live wire game. If you want to watch a game that has uh, just a little bit of everything in it, tune into this one. Salmon River's got an eighth grader and three freshmen that played as eighth graders last year. So they've already yes. got lots of experience. They uh, have that experience and another eighth grader on the team this year. That's just, that's, it's incredible. Yep. How about this? We've got an actual one AD two player in the chat here, Glenn. Uh, Caitlin Severson from Water Springs over in Idaho Falls. She says, go Ledor, Mackie, and Rockland. Fun playing against these teams. Yes, it was a very fun conference to watch this year. Congratulations, Caitlin, to you and your Water Springs teammates as well on an outstanding season. Let's let's talk about it. Ledor, the seven seed, they, they, they got to go up against Kendrick, two seed. You know, Ledor on, on Saturday before the Max Preps rankings had finalized, they were sitting pretty good. They were like the five seed. They were ahead of Mackie. Then that Saturday update came through. They they had dropped all the way down to number seven. Now they got to play Kendrick, a really good Kendrick team. Yeah, they do. On the other side of the coin, Kendrick has to play Ledor. They're 17 and four, and they're that for a reason. They're well coached. They have players on the team that can play offense, that can play defense, that can get in the passing lane and steal. They've got transition. They got just about everything you can. This is going to be a tough matchup um and i'm really excited coming out of the break uh to watch dietrich or excuse me, kendrick and Ledor play this is going to be this is going to be another good one this is one of the ones that the, the whole, both games in the evening fasten your seatbelt they are going to be fascinating games and i think it's going to come down it could come down to coaching and what's going to happen in the final two or three minutes how you and especially how you make those halftime adjustments coaches love half times because you can get in there and you can make adjustments on defense you're making adjustments on offense and you can turn what seemed to be 
an unfavorable situation into a favorable one. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, Ledor has gotten a stake now three years in a row, Glenn, after previously not making it since like 2001, something like that. Janet Pruel, what she has done uh, with this Ledor program is remarkable. And last year, uh, they lost two seniors to graduation in Lexi Bird, or excuse me, Sadie Bird and Mackenzie Mackey. They were four-year players, the heart and soul of the program. And Coach Pruel in the preseason said, hey, we're basically, you know, we, we lost the anchors of our program and we're kind of having to start over. She said, now I think we have players that can match that level of success. The key is going to be, we can't try to imitate what Mackie and Bird did. We have to find our own style and find our own way. And they've done it. And that's what good coaches do. They don't sit on the laurels of what happened last year or this player, or if you have a player that gets injured, you know, a, a lot of teams have, <clears throat> um, for lack of a better way to say it, next man up, even though we're in the in the girls' tournaments, who's the next person up? The next lady that's going to step off the bench and do their job to help their team win. And, you know, both these teams have those guys on the bench that can that can come out and do that. So it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. Kendrick, four, uh, three years ago, made it all the way to the 1A D2 state championship game where they lost to Tri-Valley. They had a young freshman named Ruby Stewart who came in off the bench and was a key player for that team. She's now a senior, and and her and the rest of these seniors, Haley Taylor and Harley Heimgartner, and uh, you, know, you look at Taylor Boyer and Natalie Kimbley, you know, they, they're, they're kind of like, we talked about Murtaugh in the one eighty one preview. Kendrick is trying to, you know, finish the job here. They, they got to the championship as freshmen and then they've kind of stubbed their toe the last two years at state, but now they come in as the number two seed and they're trying to complete that circle and, and finally break through and win that championship. That's exactly what I thought. I, when I was looking in the past, what happened, where these teams were and who the players were that moved on through those teams. And Kendrick is sitting in a great position right now to be primed to move on and take that final step and bring home the coveted state trophy. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see. Let's go to our 1A D2 players to watch. We've got Paul, our executive producer, back screen. Paul, can you throw that graphic up? I'm not seeing it in my window. The 1A D2 players to watch. We picked one player from each team, kind of a jumping off point to get the discussion started. So here we go. Rihanna Iveson from Council, Kennedy Kirk from Deary, Sage Hubert from Dietrich, Haley Taylor from Kendrick, Lexi Bird from Ledor, Cadence Seafried from Mackey, Callan Perman from Rockland, and Rainey Walters from Salmon River. Glenn? Give me one player you're most excited to see play this weekend. Well, you're going to call me a homer, but I'm taking Rihanna Iveson from Council, and here's why. Now, now don't laugh at me, Brandon. I know that. Okay. <laughs> I know that little smirk. Okay, here's why. They're the defending champs. She's a senior. She was on the team last year. She helped win that team, win the state tournament last year. She's the one I want to watch. Can you take this team? with Hope Zolman and the rest of those those young ladies and bring them up and complete what is really hard to do, which is back-to-back state championships. That's the one I'm I'm kind of got my eye on to see how she's going to handle the pressure of being the one that everybody's going to look to to b- make the big play on defense, to make the big shot on offense, to get a big rebound and, and, and offensive rebound and keep it alive, get a tip in, things like that knock down those free throws when you need them in the final couple of minutes of play. 
I'm really looking forward to see uh, seeing her play and how her leadership is going to has developed over the year and what she's going to do. Council is the defending champs, like my high school coach used to say. All that means is the target's a little bigger. The sign that says "Everybody hit the pinata" gets <laughs> yeah. a little larger. So, <laughs> yeah, Billboard Baney, I love it, man. <laughs> All right, Glenn, can can I get can I get an official championship prediction out of you here from this? Yes, from this you bracket? can. Okay, so I've got in a tough matchup. I've got Dietrich beating Rockland. I've got Mackey beating Deary in a close contest. On the on the lower side, I got Kendrick and Council advancing, and in the championship game, I've got Kendrick beating Mackey, two versus five. Just like Mister Hatfield from Council, he predicted a two and a five for the one A D ones. I'm right with you, my friend. I've got a two and a five going to the championship game, and the two coming out on top. This is Kendrick's year. Glenn, you'll never have to buy a meal in Mackey again. i'm heading there paul send me send me paul (laughs) all right well uh that'll wrap up our 1a d2 state tournament preview here on idahosports.com hey big thanks to everybody who hung here all throughout the night this preview show was is by far the longest that we've done since i've started here at idahosports.com Part of that is my fault for not being a good host and traffic cop. But part of it, too, is we had such good conversation and good interaction with the fans. And that's really what it's all about. So I have one more request before we get out of here for the night. If you're still hanging around, if you can hit that like button and then share this when it's all said and done, that will help everybody else. Uh, watch the replay a little easier. It's a little easier to find amongst all the social media stuff if you hit that like button and then share it. So big thanks to everybody. Glenn, thank you for breaking down the 182 brackets. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, and thanks for having me, man. All right, don't forget, IdahoSports.com is your official audio streaming partner of the IHSAA Girls State Basketball Tournament. All the games are live. All the games are free. Uh, Tune in and listen to Idaho's best broadcasters we know these players we know these coaches we know these communities they're like our extended family if you want that familiarity and a good broadcast tune in to idahosports.com all right for glenn and for clay and for sean and paul and lauren and logan and lucas and ryan thank you and we'll see you in boise for the girls state basketball tournament starting thursday on idahosports.com can't wait